Tonight, the topic from love chat for Matt to the hate in your heart. I can't believe it. There are no limits. You can be nice. I love legends. You can be mean. I don't give a fuck. Or you can blow it all up. Every Wednesday at 9, it gets crazy when you get their number and you can call them maybe. And now, here they are, Matt Christensen and Blonde. Hello and welcome to the show. It is the call-in show, the show where you get our number and we are at your mercy. Hello, Blonde. Bro, I'm having the worst jet lag associated sleeping problems I've ever had in my life. You said it was easy to come back. I thought it was a lot easier than last night, 2 a.m. I'm like wide awake and then Emmeline wakes up and she's like, Daddy, let's go play. She makes my husband play with her from like 2 to 5 a.m. And he's uh, and the- abiding. He's doing it. He's... Well, we were all wide awake. It's like, what are we supposed to do? And then um, we got back in bed and slept until noon. So I am fucked today. Mm. I don't know what I'm going to do. Well, it could be worse. You could be vacated from your speaker position in the House of Representatives. True. That's true. I actually did not see that coming. I mean, we talked about it on Sunday. I knew the move was going to be made, but I thought. It happened real fast. Yeah. And then even more surprising that McCarthy is not running again. So who's it going to be? And there were rumors emerging last night about a serious push for Trump to be the Speaker of the House. And Trump. No way. Trump said Trump floated the idea and seemed like he was open to it. More realistically, now Jim Jordan's in. uh, I don't know. I think maybe Steve Scalise might be in. Um, Jim Jordan, I think, would be a better pick than uh, Kevin McCarthy if there's anything to salvage there. But it'll be very interesting to see how this plays out. Will Jim Jordan even have the votes? I don't know. But, you know, it, it, I, I the, the fracture that has emerged here between um, people who think that uh, you have to be practical with Kevin McCarthy. And the only way that you're going to limit Biden at all is through the heroism that is Kevin McCarthy versus people that are like, I don't care. Put a Democrat in there. What's the difference? We're all getting we're all getting absolutely uh, stolen from and the money's going to Ukraine regardless. So yeah. who cares? Uh, I, I'm here for the Trump show, though. And that's what I want to see. I want to see Trump as speaker, especially with Wouldn't all that be something because you really have to know parliamentary procedure. It'd be a really difficult job for him because there's like no off the cuff angle. Well, um, there is. But I mean, it's not like I don't know. Maybe he could just work with his slim house majority and change the rules to whatever he wants. So like two hours after our show uh, uh, adjourned on Sunday, Newsom picks this Feinstein replacement, yeah. LaFonza Butler. We all knew it was going to be a LaFonza. That was not surprising. Is that the the, the name of the chick that is, um, what what is Napoleon Dynamite's brother? Kip's girlfriend? Was it LaFonda, you're right. Very ah. close. <laughs> I'm thinking this is the uh, Netflix adaptation of uh, Happy Days, where it's not the Fonz, it's LaFonza. <laughs> You know, she's some stupid dyke. Too, uh, yes. Very important. Uh, Lafonza. I don't know when Lafonza gets sworn in, but uh, historic moment for sure. This is just such a it's all anyway. such a joke. Well, uh, welcome to the first call in show in three weeks. We'll see if I even remember how to do this show. But thanks for your patience with the time off while Blonde was in Japan. 
And uh, we will we will resume the show as usual this evening. If you are uh, new to the show and you're curious about how to participate, there are instructions for how to do that in the description of whatever video platform you may be viewing on. Of course, if you'd like to participate in the show but you can't do it live or you're having trouble getting in live, you can send us an email question. The way to do that is through the contact page of the website, mattchristensenmedia.com slash contact. Look for the call-in show question form. Of course, we'll catch up with your super chats uh, every half hour as well. And my alma mater is calling me right now for... Dude, they want some money. For fundraising. I told them after they... they I used to give money to my alma mater, and then they emailed me with some George Floyd bullshit in May 2020, and I said, nope, fuck off. Nope, no more. And you that can't was be the only one either. Probably not, yeah. It's like, <clears throat> yeah, I value what you did for me, but uh, then you threw politics in my face, and off. now I'm, I'm not going to support that financially. So, But they still try. God bless them. Those, uh, those poor college kids, they may call me that I never even answer the phone. If they would text me, I could at least be snarky. You know, it's fun when you get spam texts. Because then you think, what, what, what these nuts modification am I going to reply with? <laughs> Those poor kids. Do you remember <laughs> we were getting all those election texts in like oh, 2019? Oh, my God. Yeah. This guy, Muhammad, texted me from like Claire McCaskill's service or something like that. And oh. I was like, well, I'd really like the candidate to be more racist. And he said, do you mean less racist? And I was like, no, no. <laughs> I mean, I mean this was I a said. text conversation that you had. Oh, that's <laughs> yeah. great. Uh, my favorite, I always have to buy my own insurance, my own health insurance. And, um, and so I get on the list of all the insurance people. It's like, my phone will never stop ringing after that. And I get all the texts and, and I was so pissed off at all the texts I was receiving every single one. I was replying, get AIDS. And one of the reps, it's not respond- so funny anymore. You know, <laughs> I thought that's true. I should get a DBT. How about that? And uh, only one guy responded, I understand. He, it's like he knew his job was annoying. <laughs> because all day people are telling him to kill himself and to gaze. And to, yeah. <laughs> if you're Poor doing guy. that job, you have to have a sense of humor about it. I, you just have to. You can't. I guess so. Yeah. There's got to be some sort of sick enjoyment. Much like I enjoy Chris Christie cringe. You have to enjoy people sending you hate messages in response to your spam. Bro, I got so many emails about my inability to recognize that he was saying duck because he ducked the debates. <laughs> like you're so stupid. I'm like, listen, I just got home from Japan. I'm pregnant. Yeah. I it's just I'm I'm just You thought that he was just making fun of ducks or something? Like I thought that animal? he was making fun of like Donald or uh, Donald Trump like having the uh duck like like Donald duck like uh inability to be taken seriously or you know what his conversation he's cartoon like you're a very very silly person did not even occur to me now now that this has been said to me though and i and i realized how stupid i was i don't think it's any funnier no it's still terrible Uh, it's still terrible yeah all right let's get into our callers we've made them wait long enough uh adam redeemed is up first adam are you there adam 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 okay well, Adam, well, you bitch. <laughs> we're off to a great start. Why? It's always our first call. Let's try Discord with two S's. Discord. Discord. Oh, I'm here. Sorry. Oh, there we I go. I didn't realize it. Um, yeah, man, I jumped the queue quite a bit here. Uh, yeah, we, I, we had some kind of tech issue with our first caller, so yeah. you're up. 
What's on your mind? Glad I have it for once. So uh, it's a question I've had for a couple months now. I've been trying to get on and just for you know, taking a break and uh, whatever. I, I I think about trans people a lot. Um, not like not, sexually. Not, not, yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. No, but like I the the thing is that like there are so many different types of trans people out there. And my, my question for you and your audience, because I'm curious to just get your pick on this, is if if the people who um, felt like they were in the wrong body just simply once in their life in your interaction were like, you know, you misgendered them, they corrected you, and then they never, ever brought it up again. They never made a big deal out of it. They simply just said it once and then lived their life. Do you think that you could accept them more? And this isn't like accusatory or anything. I don't mean this mm. to be negative. I'm just genuinely asking. Do you think that you could accept them more if they simply just lived their life and weren't trying to push that rhetoric on everybody and trying to make them live a certain way? Does that make sense? Well, I mean, I generally in my life, I had more tolerance for all of these fringe agendas when they weren't, you know, trying to dick slap me with their fake wieners and stuff so like <laughs> generally i would say yes but at this stage in my life probably not mm. because there's a real value in truth and that's what we're trying to do i mean both skag and i and i'm sure almost everybody in the audience has sacrificed greatly in their lives to tell the truth about the political and cultural situation in which we live and at this point in time i'm just not really willing to give anybody an inch whether or not they're interfering with my life yeah, it depends what you mean by accept. Like, would I want to bring the force of law against these people or something like that? No. Um, but if by accept you mean, I suppose, accept their claims of being a woman or being a man, whichever they claim to be. No, I wouldn't accept that. And I would still I would still argue against uh, what I think is a falsehood and a delusion and not for the sake of hatred, but really for the sake of helping people out of this. I think that the transgender condition leads to a lot of suffering, makes people very unhappy, even makes people totally. kill themselves statistically. Totally, yeah. So, yeah, well, I, and, and I would agree that like there needs to be like way more screening across the board because like my biggest argument against the transgender movement right now is just the fact that like, if you like, I've done a, <laughs> I've done a lot of research. Um, there, there, there are so many things that these people are not told pre their transition whether it be chemicals or or actual surgery and then post they're like shocked that they have to go through this they're on meds they have to do other stuff to keep wounds open basically they're dealing yeah. with smells and feelings and all sorts of stuff that were never known to them and i've been told by many people that well you can't tell them that because it might discourage them well yeah, that's kind of the point. If they're not fully informed for this decision, you are doing them a disservice by keeping them in the dark. But well, yeah, by and, the and, same... And everything has... To, you go in for any other routine medical issue. I mean, when I went in and got blood thinners, they they told me, this is the objective of giving you this medicine. Here are the risks associated with that medicine that you need to be mindful of. And if anything X, Y, or Z happens, you need to tell us immediately. I mean, yeah, they, there are... Even that, which was a wise medical decision, I think, insofar as I've recovered from a condition, as far as I can tell, uh, there are downsides to watch out for. And if they had told me, yeah, do whatever you want, you know, like drink as much alcohol as you want. If you get a bruise, it's no big deal, whatever. Uh, that would be a disservice to me and potentially uh, uh, something that could damage me greatly. Yeah. 
No, I, I get it. I, I just it it's kind of an eye opening thing. Cause like I've known, like I said, many many different people along the spectrum. But there was a a, a friend group I was in uh, where there was this guy who um, I just assumed was a gay guy until surprisingly one day I found out he had a girlfriend. And it wasn't until years later in that friend group. Uh, like kind of fell apart uh, that somebody was like, oh, you know, he's transgender, right? And like, I wouldn't know. So he was was female is what you're saying. Correct. Okay. Um, But the thing is that like in in grade school before um, they started uh, transitioning, um, he was very uncomfortable in his body and they went through the process. And I've even talked to him where he said like he doesn't like the current movement because he if he grew up now he has a feeling that they because he never got like major surgery he just started cutting his hair short and kind of you know doing his own thing but he was like if i were to do this now they would push you know uh puberty blockers and they'd push the surgery and this that the next thing and he's you know he even says that that's that's wrong you shouldn't do that to kids um but he he like you wouldn't know this person they just live their life as though they are a boy and it's not it's not I'm transgender. It's just I'm Tay, hey, I'm Tommy. Some of those women, it. some and of the the female to male trannies, they can be really convincing. I've seen a few. They tend to pull it off better than the male to female. It's yeah. You take some but, testosterone, and, 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 and you get the, the stubble and stuff. Yeah, and, and the thing is, and, and the other the one of the other sides of that is is to me it's sad that like these transgender people have this like following of people who i don't actually i don't feel actually care about them but they just kind of pat themselves on the back and say well we're progressive because we accept them and and you know you kind of feel bad for them because it's like oh people are just filling your head with what you want to hear but not actually telling you the truth and they don't actually care about you they just want the social brownie points and i wonder how many people have made bad decisions because of that irreparable decisions yeah i I would say the vast majority of youth today are making the decisions based on um on social privilege points yeah and and they really want to they really want to dress it up because like i had gotten into an argument with a family member because they were like well gender affirming care and i'm like but gender kids shouldn't be going through gender affirming care and i'm like well okay what do you define that as and they're like well that's anything from using the correct pronouns to getting them on puberty blockers or surgery. And I'm like, yeah, but that's the problem is there's a line somewhere along there and you say it's here and I say it's way over here. And the problem is that we live in a dichotomy world where it's all or nothing. You can't draw that line because otherwise you're hateful. And it's like, you know, there's a big difference between, oh, I'll refer to my, you know, you as a pronouns you want or let you wear a dress or a wig or something like that and puberty blockers. Like, there's a yeah, huge yeah. world in between those two. And I'm not even saying, that, you know, one is necessarily acceptable over the other, but, like, it just, there's so much confusion about it and people just don't don't want to set the, the, the boundaries. But yeah. I just, I've run into a few transgender people in my in my life where it's just, like, you wouldn't know and they don't advertise. It's just they live their life. Back in the closet, man. It was so much better. Oh, I know. It's better <laughs> for them, even. too. I'm joking, but I, I, I'm, I'm serious insofar as like, yeah. I mean, if your question is, am I pretty tolerant of people wanting to live their own lives and be left alone? Generally speaking, yes. Doesn't mean I agree with your lifestyle or I think right. that you're living a, a good life. But but i'm not i'm not going to invade your home and impose myself upon you because of my disagreement so long as you are respecting me mutually and uh, i think that's the problem that you're getting at is that that mutual respect has been um uh, oh yeah it, it, it's it's the, the balance is off it, it's not mutual actually 
Yeah, and I think that's that's you know part of part of the issue we run into is is uh, the fact that again we live in a dichotomy world where it's like either you're fully accepting of transgender people or you hate them and want to see them die, and there's no middle ground. Yeah, and, that's, and, and I'm that's very my libertarian where yeah. I'm like, as long as you're not hurting other people or children, I could I don't care. You know, I, mean, I will I, avoid you if I don't like you. Yeah, but, I mean, I like, I do care. Yeah, that's your point. You I do care, but I'm not trying to to put you in prison. That kind of thing. Well, I think I think again, and and it makes me wonder, like, how many people would would actually care if these people were just passive? You know, if they were just, you know, your cashier, would you care? Do they do they do they bag your groceries? Do they give you the correct change? Beyond that, I do care. I I have a tranny cashier right now that I never go to and never take because I don't want to take my daughter through this line because she'll be like, what? Yeah. Well, it's, yeah, I'm not saying again that 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 particular person isn't very um, outwardly a problem. Like, um, you know, how they present themselves isn't in a negative way. And I'm just saying those those who don't do that, who are yeah, just yeah. like, hey, I'm here, you know. And and to me, it's like, um, you know, we all have things that we do behind closed doors. And I feel like with the transgender movement, it's just this idea that they've clung they've they taken something and they're like well this is a a label for me and b well we need to destigmatize it because the world thinks it's weird but i'm not weird and it's like well yeah, the you, doors you are, are wide open <laughs> right you are yeah. weird and that's the thing is it's like you got to understand that these boundaries you know t- 20 years ago we would have said that you know kink pride and all this crap being out in the public was like oh your slippery slope argument yeah, that's that was santorum's parade of horribles that was never gonna happen <laughs> but uh yeah exactly but we gotta let you go man but thank you for calling right. in and for the thoughts yep, appreciate no problem. it thank you for having me on take care. i forgot to uh mention to you uh, this is on a related topic and i know uh we're quickly getting toward the bottom of the hour, so I'll be quick. But I went to a recent uh, appointment with my wife at the OBGYN clinic. No. And um, again, tranny pins and she her pins on the clerical staff. Oh, and and this why? is again, this is a women's medical clinic specifically for women's medical issues. And I'm thinking... I know you're, I don't need the pronouns. I can clearly see that you're a woman, but also this is a women's clinic. And and I just, I'm sitting there in the lobby. We're waiting for her appointment. And I'm thinking, I want to go up there and ask them to inspect my female nuts right now. <laughs> I wonder what they would do. My pronouns are he, her too. I'm worried about my testicles. Will you please inspect them? Yeah. Would this OB clinic, or is it the, Obstetrics is pregnancy, right? With the GYN component. It's obstetrics and gynecology. And gynecology. Would the gynecology person inspect my female nuts, please? Because my pronouns are also she, her. Bro, you gotta, you gotta do it. Would Only they kick you me have out? the testicles to do this. I don't know. I mean, I hope they would kick you out. <laughs> Maybe I'll, I, at the risk of uh, imperiling my, is that a word? I don't know. At the, yeah, at yeah. the risk of putting my the birth of my son at risk by trolling the medical providers. Uh, maybe, I don't know. Maybe I'll try that on my own time. We'll try Adam again. Adam, are you here? Hello. Hi. What's on your mind, sir? Howdy, howdy. Uh, got a couple things on my mind. Just want to say God bless you, Matt, and God bless you, blonde. Well, God Thank bless you. you, sir. Thank you. I hear you guys have some new kits. Is that true? We're uh, we're cooking them. Yeah, they're they're both due. Uh, well, mine is due mid December, and Blonde's is what mid January, something like that. Yeah. So 
right around the same time. Oh, God bless indeed. Let children be like arrows in a quiver. Let you never lack for them. Wow. So, Thank you. Um, I, I liked your little uh, video you did on the Wicked Witch dying. Finally, Diane Feinstein has oh. exited stage left. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Are you, uh, well, what's your, what are your thoughts? Do we owe her any respect or, uh, can we dance on that grave? <laughs> um, you should only give respect to offices as it is simply the office right before pissing on her grave. Hmm. <laughs> yeah, really? No, your, your question in the video about, you know, how did she become $70 million worth of money while being a government paid official? Yeah. 70 I, I didn't watch your videos Did you say 70 million dollars no, we, we were talking about that on the sunday stream that is asinine oh, yeah 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 no uh, it's it's ridiculous a lot of these government guys in, in this case a jewish gal you know they send these contracts to their husbands and to family yeah. imagine it's all nepotism yeah yeah it's yeah it's nepotism from the top down at least if it was incompetent it would be okay I mean, people get paid and maybe something gets done. These people are just evil. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I, I, uh, I'm done entertaining any delusion otherwise. You know, I, I, I guess that's kind of what it's a harsh reality I've come around to. I mentioned when we were talking about that, that when I see these comment sections of these people, just not just uh, throwing praise at people like Dan, Diane mm-hmm. Feinstein, but being so formal about it, like using the proper titles and acting like they're owed some sort of uh, title of nobility or something like that. Exactly. Yeah. And and the reality is mm-hmm. the exact opposite. You know, they, they've been all but stealing from us for their entire lives. And we've been twisted to believe that they're that they're somehow providing us with a service or taking care of us or doing anything but leeching off of us for decades at a time. And, um, yeah, it, it's, it's just very frustrating. Like the, our, our country was supposed to be founded on at best skepticism of people in power or, you know, uh, at, at worst disdain mm-hmm. for them, uh, mockery for them, all of that stuff. And we've really, we've really lost that. Like, I don't, I'm not saying I want to attack people by default or something, but just because you've been elected to office doesn't mean I do. that I have to like bend the knee to you. In fact, it's the opposite. You're supposed to bend the knee to me exactly because we're your boss. Well, that's all nice on paper and an ideology, but yeah. look at the way these people act. You know, without fear. Are, yeah. Emperors yeah. without clothes or without. Uh... Hey, um, you made a comment a little while back about uh, Easter Island. Yeah, I can't remember. Something about the faces. Yeah, so did you know those statues are actually. It's not just the face, there's actually a body on them. I did not. But they go down below the ground. And that's really? news to me. Mm-hmm. Well, what if... happened is a bunch of sand, silt, dirt, and other stuff piled up. So the only thing you can see are the heads. But oh. we have uh, teams that have excavated some of these statues, and you can see the full thing. I think the well, context in which I was talking about that was ancient aliens. That means that aliens buried ah. these these statues. Clearly, There's no, there are no aliens, just demons. Mm. And Diane Feinstein. Interesting. Okay. What's the, I, I worry that I'm opening a, a deep can of worms here, but what is the distinction between demon and alien? What like are demons not of this world or I guess aliens aren't of this world, but of this, I don't know. What's, can you, can you break um, down that distinction for me? 
Yeah, sure. Aliens is just a, a term they've thrown around for, you know, like the last 80 years or something related to UFOs and whatever. I don't believe mm -hmm. any of that. Bomb. I don't believe aliens exist at all. I believe when God says, you know, there's the four corners of the flat earth, that's what we have, and there's nothing beyond mm -hmm. it. But um, the things they call aliens, I'm pretty sure are just demons. Uh, anyone who wants to look into it, like look at some videos of like CERN throwing parades, and those people are dressed up like demons. Okay. Uh, but uh, four you know, corners of the flat Earth, theme. too. I did not know that that was a biblical reference. That's news to me, also. Here, just get out your King James version online. All right. Do control F, corners of the Earth. Uh, can I, is there a place I can find just the not whole right text of the, like, I want to see this. Yeah. Not saying I don't believe you. I'm just saying I, that's, yeah, I don't know if I can find the full text right now. I'd have to know the specific book and stuff, but anyway, actually it's repeated a whole bunch of times. I've, I've okay. actually been writing down all the instances where it mentions it throughout the Bible it talks about it, the, uh, the earth being flat, like a clay seal, uh, being rolled out by God. It sits on four great pillars. The the earth does not move. So, but actually, I, I wanted to continue on on the Easter Island topic. Oh yeah, sorry. We'll finish that up and uh, and then we'll let you go. All right. Um, so the Easter Island statues. It's not just a head. It's also a body. But uh, they found at the base of these statues, down near the feet, um, these great big discs. And these were actually put on top of the statues like a giant hat. And they looked at them and they realized, wait, this isn't a hat. This is actually hair. It's representing the hair of the statue. Do you know what color these big uh, hats are? Mm -mm. They're I would red. Red? Mm -hmm. So it was these Irishmen that did this? That used to... Yes. Huh. Well, gingers. maybe not Irishmen, Ancient gingers, but... not ancient aliens. <laughs> Yeah, no, it, yeah, exactly. Huh. An ancient group of white people lived on that island at one point. And there is actually a group of people that still lives there to this day. Um, and the story they tell is that there used to be an ancient civilization of white people that lived there. Um, and they ruled over a bunch of non-whites. Well, one day a bunch of the non-whites got pissed off. So they chased all the whites into a cave. Then they set the cave on fire. Only one person, a woman, escaped out of that cave, and she intermarried with the non-whites on the island. And that's the story that these islanders tell to this day. I'm looking at the pictures, and I see these Sound red like hat-looking things. Uh, that much is, you know, I can see that. I never bullshit with you, Blonde. <laughs> I always tell you guys the God's honest truth. So the, your, the moral of your story is we're headed toward uh, Easter Island, too. Um, yes, yeah, right. that too. All right. Well, thank you for the information. That's news to me. I did not know any of this. So, uh, appreciate it and, uh, have a good yeah. night. Good night. Thank you guys. God bless. Later. God bless you. Okay. We've got time for one more before the bottom of the hour. Aeolian is up next. Aeolian, are you there? I am indeed. Good evening, Matt and Blonde. Blonde, Hi. welcome back to, uh, the land of the free and the home of the brave. Much. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate it. Uh, was What's that your first mind? time? Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Oh, sorry. Uh, was that your first time in Japan? It was. Yes. For blonde. Yep. Oh, can you, uh, can you hear her? Maybe you can't hear her. 
Oh, I didn't get the last bit. Yeah, no. Huh. Okay, so it is your last. So it is your uh your first time in Japan. Awesome. I'm glad you had a I'm glad you had a good time. It was so I saw, much fun. Uh, I, I saw the uh the recap on the Sunday show. I was just like, oh my gosh, that must have been that must have been hilarious with the story about Emmeline. That's my seat. Oh, it was so <laughs> embarrassing. Oh, but also man. I was, you know. The amount of confidence it takes as a three-year-old to in a foreign country to tell somebody that looks nothing like you to get the hell out of your seat. I was watching like mortified, but also like, huh. Okay. That's a, that's a good one. That's a good one. <laughs> well, you know, uh, fortuitous day today. One is, um, you know, I'm glad to be back in, I'm glad to be back in choir practice. I am a choir boy and it's ah. great to be, part of the men's scola at church and it's a beautiful you know beautiful cathedral beautiful space we make beautiful music and i love that part of the catholic tradition Hmm. the catholic tradition is more so today under attack than it has been in a long time because this is the first day of the vaunted the much much expected by the catholic inside baseball teams as the synod on synodality and I do not make any kind of alliteration or euphemisms when I say you can literally translate that as the conference on conferences or the mm. meeting on meetingness. This is how bland and empty the title of this of this uh, occasion is. Uh, basically, the difference between a Catholic council is the whole the uh, the whole church is invited to hammer out some like foundational theological uh theological elements right like we're going to all talk about this one thing the mass we're all going to talk about this one thing the protestant reformation you know this is when councils were summoned that's why they weren't summoned very often the synod is a smaller meeting that is intended to uh it's not addressed to everyone it's only really only by invitation and it's meant to address, you know, so-called more defined, you know, narrower subjects, things that are more applicable and practical to the world. Mm. And uh, the things that um, the things that Pope Francis has been bringing up about this particular synod coming up are things that are entirely antithetical to the entire tradition of the church. Oh boy, what does he got? Yep. Well, um. Due to a, a a mountain of his reading uh, of his writings that he's published, there's been a lot of confusion about uh, sexual morality. So, um, some cardinals, you know, some very high up bishops, they have submitted a uh, they have submitted a uh, what do you call a list of questions, officially known as dubia, to the Pope to like say, hey, we want a yes or no answer. What do you mean by this thing? And okay. one of them is, are homosexual relationships permitted to be blessed by a Catholic clergyman? Wow. And, He's going to have to answer that point blank? Uh, this is oh what the God, Cardinals bro. want him to answer point blank. Oh, so he doesn't have and to. It, he could just uh, say no thank you. He, he could just issue, ignore yeah. them. Okay. Yeah, he could just ignore them. And he essentially did. Because they submitted these, they submitted these questions in uh, July. He gave them this long-winded, mealy-mouthed non-answers, um, and so they reformulated them as yes or no. Does the church believe this? Yeah. 
and he hasn't responded to those yet. And okay. I don't think, I don't know if he will before the end of this synod, which is supposed to go on for the next like two and a half weeks. Yeah. Um, which is all to say like, and then I posted, uh, uh, I, I posted, you know, um, the opening ceremony, uh, kind of, I guess, a good faith outreach to the world event, something or other, it, uh, that the, that the Catholic church, that, that the Pope and the Cardinals, you know, had to endure and sit through, which is a bunch of, I kid you not, clowns and circus trapeze artists prancing about on stage amidst this massive, uh, risen Christ figure with all of this twisted and, uh, uh, demented sculptures behind it. The more and more I learn about this certain meeting room, it's the more, it's the, the, just more and more disturbing, but it's I, like, I'm not okay. sure I understand. You're telling me they have like a blasphemy room of some kind or like a, a <laughs> it's like not, Christ is a clown is the decor. What? Well, Christ <laughs> was not, Christ was not dressed up as a clown, but there were, oh, many, but there were clowns among clowns, him. There were clowns, clowns clowning yeah, around the crucifix. Yeah. You say, yeah, well, that's the thing. It's not even a crucifix. It's like, uh, you know, the risen, the risen Christ figure oh. with what I know rationally is supposed to be you know rays of like golden rays of light and you know all this stuff but it does not come off that way i i I don't know maybe it's just dirty and it's not shiny but it's 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 all just infiltration by modernists who Mm. i don't know it's it's very very disappointing but the inquisition is going to come for the catholic church is what you're saying oh i that would be lovely that would be lovely (laughs) Um, you know, all, all of this is to say, I hate referring back to this uh, Chinese proverb of all things. Sorry, it's not a proverb. It's a curse. The curse goes, may you live in interesting times. Ah. Granted, I think that's, you know, there's probably no time within living memory that wasn't interesting, just given the onset of the Industrial Revolution. Yeah. Blonde, uh, I have to say... Wait, you did interview. It was you who interviewed Ted Kaczynski, right? Nope, no, it wasn't me. Oh, shucks. Okay, that would have um, been great, though. I, oh, that I, I wrote to him in jail. He never answered, and then he died. So, oh, that 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 was it. That was it. Um, okay, sorry. Then it must then it must have been another uh, someone else who did an interview. Um, I mean, what whoever this interview was, it's like, oh my gosh. Uh, this, these are actually very fundamental problems about how in, how humans interact with each other now through this sphere of, uh, of, of all of these, of all of these devices, all of this technology that interferes with the most, like the most precious thing that we have as, as human beings. And that's our relationship to God and our relationship to each other. So... You know, and I can see. I, I don't know, man. I don't know, man. It's uh, I. I need prayers. I'm offering up prayers for everything that that nothing goes completely completely haywire in this meeting. Who knows? There might be some, you know, uh, Senator Sumner uh, meeting of people beating each other with canes. Yeah. On the floor, <laughs> yeah, it'll become like those, uh, the Asian parliaments I see from time to time doing that sort of thing. <laughs> oh yeah. Those are always, man. And, and the case of his non-answer though, the thing is like, 
with the non-answer, you you really know what that means, though, because I mean, it, well, the non-answer is a yes. That's how I interpret yeah. it, that he believes that that he is bought into the gay marriage propaganda. And when I say that, when I say gay marriage propaganda, what I mean is the belief that gay marriage and traditional marriage are the exact same thing mm-hmm. when they clearly are not. And I'm not even making an anti gay or anti-gay marriage statement there. I'm just saying they're not the same thing qualitatively. The distinction is traditional marriage leads to the production and raising of children. That's the distinction. But he, so the non-answer I interpret to mean, yeah, I consider these exactly the same insofar as they are to be blessed, I supposed in the way that you had framed it. Right. And that was, that was a specific thing. It's not like, Oh, we're, we're going to make up a new definition. We're not going to call it marriage. No, or no, it's not going to be the same thing, but you know, it's up to the, it's up to the priest, you know, if he has a good relationship with the, with the certain individuals, the members of the, of the congregation and they're, you know, faithful and they, they, they mean well, then discretion is a, a no. Okay. I, since this thing came out, uh, popped up on my Twitter feed, uh, Monday, really. It's like, oh, so we bless, you know. We bless the we bless the drunk drivers as they're getting in the car. Is that the analogy? Oh wait, <laughs> let, let's yeah. let's try another one. Uh, let's let's bless the looters as they're you know going into the store. It's just like no, we 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 don't. A priest's blessing is not to condone evil. It hmm. is to re- affirm someone that they are receiving grace in their actions. Yeah. That's why you always receive grace. That's why, oh, sorry, you always receive a blessing from the priest at the end of Mass because you have been present for the Holy Sacrifice of the Eucharist. And you have, even if you haven't received, you uh, received the Eucharist, you have received grace simply by being present at Mass. There are Masses that I have been to, I have damn near stormed out not because there were clowns mind you not because there were circus performers on stage <laughs> you got through the clowning because, uh, all right <laughs> yeah the cl- the clowning theology so we uh we got to wrap um, up shortly here but i'll let you finish your thoughts sorry to interrupt no, no no that's it i just wanted to bring that to everybody's attention we'll check in you know maybe post some updates uh post some updates next week i recommend following Tim Gordon on YouTube and Diane Montagna. She's a Vatican reporter. She has everything laid out on Twitter. Tim um, Gordon, you know, I, I believe he's a, a regular on my friend Frank's show, actually. If oh, I'm really? not mistaken. Yeah, I think he and Frank have a pretty good relationship. I see him from time to time. Yeah. yeah. And uh, I, see, I see a lot more East Coast Catholic podcasters popping up now. Hmm. Makes sense. That's the most Catholic part of the country, besides yeah. the Southwest. Uh, other than that, pray. I'm praying for you guys. Please pray for me. Good night and God bless. Well, thank you. God bless you as well. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Uh, that was the other part of, of blonde, uh, of Frank filling the blonde shoes was, uh, we had a a lengthy discussion on faith and religion at the end. And he was talking about his, his, uh, Catholic journey. And it, I don't know, it's sort of similar to yours too. Like, well, I was raised this way and then I kind of got away from it a little bit, but now it's more important to me. And yeah. It's a good discussion. Still working on it. Yeah. Uh, We're late for a break, so I'll have to be really quick here because we'll have to get back to our callers too. But uh, over on Rumble, G-I-A-R, token spick. I can say the slur on the Wednesday show. Hey, Majagas. (laughs) You hear about the whole woke activist who was stabbed to death in New York City by a marginalized minority. I did see that. Have you seen the footage? 
Mm-hmm. I, I yeah. fully expect we'll talk about that one on Sunday because, uh, well, there's it, it, uh, uh, that and the journalist in Philadelphia, too, who had spent all his time on Twitter denying a crime problem. Although the one in Philadelphia looks I think that was maybe like an ex-boyfriend that got that guy. That one seems personal. Yeah. This one in New York was just like a crazy uh, youth of color who attacked this guy with uh, a knife. Yeah, Didn't seem personal at all. Just crazy guy. That's how uh, it goes. Um, I gotta go to the bathroom. Okay, uh, a couple more on Rumble like here. A job. Mr. S word also says two hours after my ass, it happened right when the show ended. I told the chat Lafonza was announced at the very moment you wrapped. You think uh, Cali, uh, California will accept a DC foreigner in the seat? Yeah, I wish we could have. I wish we could have talked about that on the stream on Sunday because I saw the news as soon as we were finished streaming, and you know that sucks whenever you do a stream and there's breaking news like during or right after and you miss it but oh that's all right um i do i think california will care that she was living in maryland most recently no not at all i think um that state cares primarily for the party signifier that is next to the person's name and she has that so that's all they care about it's not a a california thing at all for them i don't think uh mr s word also says watch the the chip roy video where he's talking leftist shit to magas and calling out cult members who worship celebrities and now he's for DeSantis. Fuck him and Gates. Well, him and Gates have been kind of at odds over the McCarthy ousting thing. Um, I haven't been following Chip Roy as closely. I just know that Chip Roy was supporting McCarthy and sort of critical of Matt Gates over the move to remove McCarthy. Uh, so I haven't I haven't seen the particular thing that you're talking about. But I'll have to check up on it. Thank you for supporting the show. Hottie Twerkman says all 14 departures at, uh, departures at the North Pole adventure on the Charlie Russell choo choo sold out in less than two days. The waiting list is closed. I'll try to remind everyone three months before next Christmas. I can't believe Christmas stuff goes that quickly, but I guess you got to be early. Thanks for supporting the show. Appreciate it. Let me see what we got over on YouTube and Tippy here. We're going on Odyssey over on. Uh... <laughs> Over on D Live, we have uh, Russian Asshat. Russian Asshat, thanks for supporting the show. Appreciate it. You're an asshat. Uh, over on YouTube and Tippy here, Moist Farts. Good to see you again, Blonde's Rigger Nose. I hope Blonde let you have the window seat during the long flight. Uh, shout out to Charlie and his lovely bride who will be welcoming their little Shaniqua in Aww. 2024. Love you both. Faggots. <sighs> Well, I know it's so bad. I, I am not, a, I'm not one of the nose measuring guys. It is so bad. How could I look like fucking Winston Churchill? <laughs> the benchmark is Tarana Burke, the me too lady. That's the widest nose ever. I am exists. entering it. It is so, <laughs> it is so bad. I don't know why this happens during pregnancy. It looks like somebody beat me in the face with a flat shoe. Hmm. <sighs> Get this baby out of me. Uh, Holden Mulray. Hi, Truth Seekers. How can anyone criticize Speaker McCarthy for seeking common ground with the Dems? Progress means compromise. I mean, see how they came through to defend him during the vote to remove him. Winky face. He's being sarcastic. You know, <laughs> uh, I, I can understand the argument that if you want to get to where you're going, you're going to have to accept baby steps rather than trying to like in the in the football analogy you're aiming to move the ball three to four yards at a time put together a quality drive rather than doing the hundred yard pass every time i understand that but there is to hold in mulray's point for kevin mccarthy to get up 
while he's being ousted and say, you know, I talked to Nancy Pelosi and she assured me that she would have my back if uh, anything like this ever happened. But then she didn't. It's like, OK, I mean, we'll any sympathy you, I had for you is out the door once you told me that you were counting on Nancy Pelosi and Democrats not to stab you in the back the second that it was uh, useful for them. I can't have sympathy with that. Just a couple more here. We'll get back to the calls. John, John Blonde, did you visit any museums when you went to Japan? Have you heard of a YouTube channel called Atlantean Gardens? He has videos named Samurai DNA and the Origins of Japan, Korean Sword Dances, and Swastikas. Yeah, okay. So I went to the Tokyo National Museum. And uh, something I will say about Asians is that they like pretty obviously lack the artistic merit that Europeans do. Like I was looking at all these, you know, I don't know, not medieval paintings, but paintings from the 1500s. And my husband was like, well, what do you expect? It's from the 1500s. I was like, Michelangelo is from the 1500s, you know, like these people. And then even when there was European influence on their artistry, it was just not, it was not super impressive. Like the architecture also, like ancient architecture was also not super impressive. So I, I just don't have that interest in Japanese artistic and architectural history clearly you have not seen origami fascinating work there Uh, it's pretty intricate it's my eurocentric making a dragon without doing any cuts that's pretty hard i I do love origami um so yeah short answer yes i did go to some museums we will come back to your chats at the top of the hour i gotta get back to the calls thank you guys um i'll have to just circle back with you Next up is Wall Surfer. Wall Surfer, are you there? Hey, yep. What's on your mind, sir? Uh, not too much. I uh, got a couple, either one or either or question. Uh, one is about Matthew twenty-two fifteen to twenty-two. It's given to Caesar. Okay. The interest where this one came from is I had an interesting sermon where the pastor talked about respecting government and whatnot. Huh. The other one is kind of the allegory in the cave uh, talking about perspectives and stuff, kind of what we're battling with whenever we're talking to the other side of this is my perspective, this is their perspective kind of thing. I would vote for the latter, even though biblical scripture on respect for government is interesting to me, but I would vote okay. uh, the, the allegory of the cave stuff, I think is more interesting. I'm into it. Yeah, I agree. All right. With the allegory in the cave, um, I was kind of talking with dangerous spaces a bit. The one called Tim. Um, uh, yes, thank you. Sorry, I, I didn't know what you were doing at first, but yes, the one called Tim. Now I understand. Um, with Allegory in the Cave, it starts with the man realizing there's shadows and that he's being projected things. Mm-hmm. And then kind of just run it through, figures out he, that it's fake, run, gets out, runs and gets to the quote-unquote real sunlight to him. And comes back and tries to explain to the prisoners still held what he saw, and they don't believe anything he saw because they don't understand what he saw because there's there's no definitional connection there. Mm -hmm. And they just don't believe him and don't follow him to the actual sun. I'm doing air quotes. Can't be seen. And... I think that's the kind of the battle of perspectives that we have currently because you can be defining like what is you you can ask them like what is a woman or even in like male female or what a life is and they have their own 
perspective that they bring in with their own definitions. And it could be a challenge of trying to figure out what they are meaning and the perspective that they're bringing behind it. Because sometimes they don't want to explain it because giving out your meaning and your process of coming to that conclusion can be very like scary or opening like for people uh yeah well in it uncomfortable i I think there's there's a certain fear or discomfort with confronting a new reality and there's also just the discomfort of realizing and admitting that you were wrong and i think if for all the talk of stigma you know i think a lot (laughs) of stigma is is deserved and and frankly uh justified and useful um in many contexts but one stigma that i think is bad is the stigma on being wrong and changing your mind totally and, and some of I that wish i think people is would just, just admit it more yeah and some of that i think is like self-imposed you know when someone when i see someone change their mind and they're able to explain why i have a lot of respect for that and i think it's really interesting i nobody who's changed their mind even disagreeing like changed their mind to disagree with me i don't take that as like some failure or like you're you're a bad person i think it's it's interesting to see someone's intellectual development or evolution, but for, there's just something about our psychology where to admit that you were wrong or to admit that new information has caused you to change your mind is it, it, we process that as a negative thing. Like we're embarrassed about it for some reason and it's nothing to be embarrassed about. Yeah. And the way I kind of always view things with like the, perspective is kind of the same thing of like when you bring a topic up you're talking about let's say you're going to see a sculpture or something with a person when and you're going to be coming in a certain angle with your perspective and they'll be coming in possibly a completely different angle to the sculpture and Hmm. some sculptures that you come in you can look at them and it can be domineering to you like you're like you feel submissive to the statue or maybe the angle they entered they feel dominant to the statue. The yeah. Statue is submissive to that. You know, I feel that same uh, effect with mountains and mountain ranges because you'll see one mountain face and it looks totally like the mountain will look completely different um, from one side to the other or from this angle to that angle. And you'll, you'll have a hard time believing that's even the same peak or the same point. Mm-hmm. Um, it's kind of the same effect where you're seeing the same thing from a different perspective and it looks totally different. And nothing's more humbling than approaching a mountain and then you spend like all day hiking towards it and you're like, it's just as far. Uh, yeah. 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 They always look closer <laughs> than they are, don't they? Yeah. 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 Uh, and you're like, I don't really want to get any closer, do I? <laughs> I don't yeah. want to find how big that mountain is. But no, the, the allegory of the cave stuff is so interesting to me. It's like there's there's the resistance to change your mind, but there's that core concept that you were talking about where it's like, how do you even change your mind if you have no concept of concept, what you're changing right. your mind to? It's yeah. like, um, mm-hmm. you know, do you, it's like asking me if I believe in some made up term, uh, blah, 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 blah. Well, what is, I don't even well, know what, is what that? that is. Or trying to describe a color to a blind yeah. person. Yeah. Cause in the cave, yeah. they had the puppeteers, they had a fire, there's a puppeteers and then there was the people, the prisoners and the fire was their son. And so they were displaying all what was life and things that were out it was all just but it was all shadow games what they wanted them to see and when mm-hmm. the guy escaped he saw what reality was and could not explain like no there's a sun out there yeah we have our sun 
but it's actually a fire pit. Yeah. And they just wouldn't understand it. And I feel that's kind of where the perspective battle and trying to figure out all like it's like it's it, like the allegory of the cave and NPCs and all of this that all kind of comes <laughs> together. Like, are we witnessing a projection of not real people who are just NPCs walking around us? Kind of go back um, through Platoism and all that to finally get back. Then we can go take another step forward, maybe. In yeah, I mean, I, it's fun to think about because I really I do believe that there are forces of control behind a lot more of the day to day things than uh, that we see than we realize. Um, but to think like even just the interaction with the person that you have at the store or something is a manufactured projection. I don't know. I mean, I don't know that I believe that, but it's, it's really interesting to think about. And that's, I don't know. That's what I mean by manufactured projection. Like, I mean, like what if everything in your day to day, like you're going to the grocery store and you're shopping and you're checking out and the, the cashier is the shadow in the allegory of the cave. Like that's not actually a real person like you. That is some sort of projected image that they, the powers that be want you to see like you're in the matrix or something, you know, you're not, you're in your pod and you're having images and a, a world populated around you. That's not actually real. You know, like, oh my God, now the pod reference makes more yeah. sense. Allegory of the cave. Oh yeah. Well, I mean, that's basically the matrix is an added an ab- adaptation of that, you know? Yeah. Uh, crazy. I don't Didn't know. Like throw that connection together. What is real anymore? I don't I don't even know. Uh, Everything is. You're in dang, dangerous territory Wait, though. Do we want this is how have, postmodernism <laughs> arose? I know. Well, have you seen, speaking of, uh, is it, have you seen that shitty show on Netflix? Is it cake? No, uh, I don't have Netflix. <laughs> that's, that's the correct answer. Um, my wife and I indulge in some trash TV from time to time and probably shouldn't, but we do. We're watching that show and it, people are able to make cakes that look like real items. And that's the name. Oh, I've you, seen it on Instagram. There's a show about this. Yeah. Oh, is it cake? Yeah, and, I, and actually the Japanese show did that. Yeah. It's kind of interesting in terms of the artistry, but the host was just way too gay. I couldn't handle it. It's like, I get it. You're gay. All right. I don't, it's yeah. fine. Whatever. I'm, I'm interested in the artistry. Okay. That's why I lasted like one episode, but <laughs> that that's the same. Like, you look at a, a whole living room set and there will be things that are cake in the living room set that I look like know. it's real furniture because the artistry is so sophisticated. I just wonder, couldn't you smell it, though? I guess maybe well, the they're kind of far away. They stand like maybe oh, 20 they, feet away. They don't away. get to approach it. They don't get to touch it. Yeah. Oh, they can't uh, bite into. Yeah. Everything. You just have to guess visually from like a, a slight distance. But it's mm-hmm. that kind of thing where you have a whole environment that looks real manufactured by someone else to give a certain presentation. Are we walking around in a cake world? Is everything around you? I cake? hate that. Yeah. Or is it real? Uh, I am way too sober for this to be a real conversation. I have not. Uh, I, I didn't smoke anything. I had one. That no, should have been later. I'm sorry. Yeah. I had one <laughs> alcoholic <laughs> beverage. That's all. <laughs> Anyway, um, did you have a final thought before we let you go? No, just good wishes to you and God bless. And well, thank good, you. God bless you as well. Okay, uh, Nomad is up next. Nomad, are you there? Nomad. Hello. Yes, sir. What's up? I was in the middle of talking to dangerous spaces. Well, sorry I'm sorry, sorry to interrupt, but what do you got for us? Well, first. I am just asking that Gilgamesh, when he comes on, says inconceivable at least once. <laughs> okay. Does he sound like that guy? Kind of. 
Uh, the guy from this is uh, now I know the movie reference. This is Princess Bride, it, right? It is. I will exactly. ask him. I will ask him if he gets in here. Looks like he's having some. Uh, oh, no, he's in the screening room. No more tech problems. So we should get his call. Yeah. And. Um, I am just totally jealous of, of uh, Blonde's trip to Japan because that looks like it was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun. I am happy to be back, though. Well. Were you looking at stuff happening here and saying, I wish I could talk about this right now? No, I was not reading the news at all. I was totally immersed in the trip. I just didn't want to didn't want to think about what was going on in America. I will say I came back to America and everything seemed a little more third worldy. For sure. Which yeah, is that's part of it. <laughs> It's freedom. Yeah. It's freedom to be third worldy and live in a trailer park. Oof, depressing. Hmm. They're poor, and, seem um, more sophisticated. But you know, there. you know why that uh, old old lady was uh, so excited about about you being pregnant is the birth rate in Japan is really low. It is really low. It's not as bad as it is in Korea. I think in Korea, it's South Korea, it's point nine. Why is that? Why can't the Japanese? What's driving that? What's the deal with it? Well, we killed all all of their masculine in the war, and then it's so expensive. And then there's just a culture of like online sexual depravity, I think. Hmm. Um, but I think it's just it's just hard to get to meet somebody to get married because that's such a kids. major problem. You know, I understand um, your appreciation for their culture, and I, I I totally get it. It seems like there are a lot of things to admire. But that is that's a big problem. Not that we don't have that problem ourselves, too. But if you are uh, having kids below, uh, you know, replacement rate that you're not going to sustain. Yeah. And I did hear this like Japanese boomer talk to his two white colleagues when I was in Kyoto. And he was like, well, he's saying this all with a strong Japanese accent. I just don't feel like doing it. He's like, well, our birth rate is so bad that like we won't exist anymore. And then he said, um, but at least property is cheap. I was like, oh, so you have stupid, stupid boomers in your country, too. It made me want to go slap the <laughs> At Asian least I own stuff. I, I so mean, mad. property ownership is is cool. But insofar as you're building a legacy for your family and your future, you know, like if it's property ownership, just what an for, asinine. He was like laughing about it and stuff. I was like, this is a, a grave hmm. tragedy. I will own much to pass on to nobody. Yeah. But given the population density of Japan. Mm would have to drop a lot before they'd be in a lot of trouble i don't know they're in trouble this is bad who's going to take care of their aging population uh, yeah but the alternative is importing third world workers and they're not going to import the best from the best countries well apparently it's already a problem they're bringing in all these filipinos yep which I Although, suppose is like better than black people, but still not great. It's like Japan. It's like keep everyone out. But there is going to be nobody to take care of their elderly. Wait, do Filipinos qualify on the Asian hierarchy or are they off the, the chart? It's it's low. They're they're like sub jungle Asian. It's bad. Wait, what are the Japanese are not jungle Asian? No. Jungle Asian Japanese are like Vietnamese. Yeah. Ah. Uh, so who's below the Japanese? I think we've got your Japanese, we've got your South Koreans, yeah, we got your Taiwanese, and then your Chinese. 
and North Korea is below that. Oh yeah, North Korea and South Korea. It's the same. It's the Yo, same. You're counting the just Korea as a whole. Yeah. All right. right. Okay. Yeah, I think that's a really fair ranking. All right. China number four. Oh, and, <laughs> and um, oh Matt, have you been uh, checking out the prices on uh, building another AR? Um, no, not AR specifically. The only thing I, I, the only build I've been considering, and I'm not like a, a collector. Uh, so like authenticity is not super important to me, but I do want to build like, you know, the original kind of like Vietnam era, 20 inch barrel. Uh, if I can get like the triangular hand guard, that's great. I want to carry handle like the, the old M16 a two style, AR build I've been considering for a little while, but I actually haven't bought AR parts for probably since like when my son was born, really. So it's been, it's been about two years since I've bought anything significant. Um, no, that's actually, that's not true. I did buy, um, I did buy one AR when Biden became president for the, <laughs> for, wait, how many ARs do you have? Uh, do you count the lowers as ARs? Well, I mean, like complete yes. guns, complete, complete guns. I won't say how many, but I'll say more than well in, enough to enough that more than four and less than fifty is what you're. Saying. Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I um. Hey, uh, one when Biden got elected, I went and got three uh, uh, lowers just because Biden got elected. I got the um. I I I generally have avoided, not avoided, but I've resisted the urge to buy a lot of uh, Palmetto State's meme lowers. You know, even though they're cool, but I did buy the meme lower of um. It was the Joe Biden F fifteen bombing people lower. I got that one hanging around, and I haven't. <laughs> really? I was intended. I'm like, I need to make a Biden tribute AR with this. Like, what would be the Biden tribute gun? And I never, I still have that lower hanging around. I didn't do any, I haven't done any build with it. But, um, but the reason I bought that AR when he became president is because I thought like, well, uh, they're going to make a big push to try to get rid of these. I just want to have some back. It's not even like a nice AR. It's, it's, uh, you know, like a bare bones, mill spec, boring AR. And, uh, and I bought it thinking that, that they were going to become harder to get and more expensive throughout his presidency. And actually the reverse has happened that I overpaid for that AR around the time he became president. So you just have like a pile of AR bottoms. Is that what you're saying? I have uh, some lowers that I have not completed. Yeah. Oh, I shouldn't call them bottoms. (laughs) Incorrect. I need the tops for the (laughs) bottoms, but yeah. (laughs) Um, but yeah, so in my, at least the, what I've seen, it looks like prices have actually kind of dropped since he became president, but I don't know. I haven't shopped that seriously. Yeah, they're super cheap. And uh, I follow Mr. Guns and Gear on Twitter and he's always posting great uh, build kit deals and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah, it's um, it's it's still uh, it, for people who have not, um, you know, made the leap and and bought a life and liberty rifle uh for the coming gay war you can still get uh, you can still get a, a decent quality entry level ar in like the 500 dollars range and you know I, I think that uh even if you don't ex- want to go shoot it for fun and you don't care about going to the range it's like well do you care about currency in the new world because yeah ars are tradable even if you don't want to keep yours i don't know that's kind of why i got those lowers too it's like I'll trade in silver and I'll trade in AR lowers and maybe I'll bury a few around in strategic locations. Oh yeah. And, and ammo is going to be quite tradable. Uh, yeah, that too. 
It's a solid investment, precious metals. All right. Uh, do you have any other thoughts before we let you go? Uh, nope. I hope you guys have a great rest of your week and I'll look forward to the Sunday show. Well, thank you, man. You Appreciate your call. Thanks. Are you saying you have under four ARs? What kind of household is this? Uh, I actually don't even know how many guns we have. That's that's even better. If it, if it's uncountable. There's like one and I know where it is and how to use it. And then that's everything else. My husband you know, takes care of business. Hmm. Uh, let's catch up with chat here over on uh, YouTube and Tippy Donday 2K. Unsure if Gates did the right thing until I watched Shapiro go on a 35 minute unhinged rant against him this morning. It was glorious. And I feel better. Uh, Matt Gates, who you're an asshat, was behind the um, the ousting of uh, the primary driver, the ousting of of McCarthy. Um, yeah, I I've, I've, I, uh, I don't understand the the thinking. I get like the fear is every, everybody's fear is oh we're gonna have a Democrat in place of McCarthy. Well, first of all, based on the interest of people. You got Jim Jordan. You might have Steve Scalise. Maybe Trump outside chance, but even if you don't buy the Trump thing, it looks like there's at least two or three candidates who are serious about getting that speakership role unless all Republic, not all, unless you get those same uh, eight Republicans who voted to oust McCarthy to join Democrats to put a Democrat in the speaker position. That's not going to happen. So it seems to me McCarthy, if you get anyone who's a Republican who's not McCarthy. Is there any way that person is worse? Probably not. Like uh, there could be a lot of McCarthy stand-ins who will, who, but McCarthy is already like a compromised guy. I mean, I, I, who is uncompromised in Congress? Uh, well, Matt Gates, (laughs) Matt Gates and the eight who voted, uh, to oust McCarthy. Um, Oh, he's compromised. But I, Oh, you're saying I, I compromising. Not yeah, that's what I, I meant. Compromising, not compromised. Oh, I mean Sorry. compromise. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, okay. I misunderstood what you meant. Um, but I, I, I guess what I'm saying is I'm not uh, ousting McCarthy. I don't think is this pending disaster that's going to allow Democrats to seize so much more power than they already have. I'm not actually that worried about that. I, they're not going to get a, a Democrat as House Speaker. Frankly, even if they did, they would lack the votes to pass a lot of different things. I understand the role of speaker has a lot of control in terms of what gets brought to a vote and what does not. There's significant importance to that. But in terms of what actually passes the House, even if you had Hakeem Jeffries or someone like that in the speaker role, they're not going to have the votes to pass things out of the House because they are in a, a minority. So if the House just stops doing stuff, whether it's through government shutdown or their own gridlock, good. At this point, stop doing things. Stop showing up to work. Ideally, we don't have to pay you anymore, but just stop doing all the things that you're doing, and that would be improvement. Them ceasing operation is a step up from the status quo of like, maybe we can maybe we can pull back what Biden's trying to do by like 10%. And we'll call that a win for fiscal responsibility. Aren't you exhausted with this? Okay, so there's a moment when you're giving birth. Not a moment. It lasts forever. Where you're pushing and you're exhausted and you're pushing and you're pushing. The baby go- comes out like an inch, goes back in like a half inch. It's just like that. Just for, it, Don't you feel like this with this with this political struggle? Like, like every election is like we're fighting so hard for this inch. We're just going to have to give them back whatever, whatever grounds we gain. 
Well, I, I like, how are you not just intellectually exhausted? with? Because I, I find interest and entertainment in it. But as far as the practicality, that can't just of, be it. Ideologically, you're you're invested in this. Do you think that, that we um, really can make a difference through conventional means? I think that we have a moral obligation to try, but do I believe that that's going to happen? No. I mean, I Phoenix ammunition had a really interesting uh, tweet the other day, looking at the history of the American revolution and all the stages that happened and kind of, uh, you are here point. And when you look at the sequence of events, the things that have happened in this country and where we might be now, I mean, we are, I think close to, this uh, people might think this is hyperbole, but you get a Lexington and Concord type event. Yeah. 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 I, I, I don't have a lot of, fa- do I think that like Congress is going to go and relinquish its own power back to the States and fix this through the, the political, I mean, may, maybe you can buy a few years time by delaying the worst of it, but the whole thing still needs to be, um, if not redesigned, sort of redeployed redeployed faithful to its original design. Um, Mm. So like whether we do it through the, through politics or we do it through, um, you know, the, the messier means that I would regret to see happen. Let me be clear. I'm not cheerleading any of that. I, I I wish people would fuck off and relinquish DC power peacefully. That is my hope. But if they don't, I understand where this is going. Um, Yeah. I, I, I care about that how that unfolds to the extent I care about the future for my children and I care about my country. Sure. Um, but no, I'm not saying I don't care. I care about the outcome here, but I just, um, I just find this whole thing so exhausting that I understand the, the revolutionary desires of people because this, this whole thing of like gaining such small ground and immediately losing it. It's just, it's just emotionally. Yeah. Well, I, I actually do think that I, at least I, in my personal life, I try to be a fairly compromising person, I suppose. Like I, I, I do try to meet people where I can meet them. I suppose maybe that would extend to my politics if I was in Congress or something like that. So I sort of, I get that in theory, in the abstract with like, abstract opposition but you have to acknowledge that the compromise in this country that we have uh experienced goes one direction like where's the compromise that has actually kind of scaled government back a little bit specifically the federal government i know that states have made progress on a lot of things like gun control um and undoing a lot of that the supreme court sent the abortion issue back to the states and states have exercised their own power in in that regard but as far as like compromise in Congress with returning some power back to the States almost never. Like it's just, do we want to hurry towards centralizing that power or go slow? And the point on compromise is sometimes it's this direction. Sometimes it's that direction, but this compromise is, yeah, it's, it's either hair speed that way or tortoise speed that way, but it's always that way. Right. But it, it stands to reason that it's, it's impossible to compromise in the other direction. Like, how do you undo a, a major central government that has its tentacles in every federal program and, and all local yeah, programs? Yeah, need like a whole how, Congress how do you undo of George Washington saying, I voluntarily relinquish my own power. Good luck. Yeah, there, there's no undoing it. And that's why, uh, that's why I do advocate for the revolutionary change here. I mean, these things perhaps just need to be systematically destroyed and dismantled. Maybe yeah. that's the only way out of this. We're not going to be able to increment, incrementally 
walk back this the central authority. And I see a lot of that. It's taken and that's centuries why, to accrue this. That's why I don't story. look at the fall of McCarthy with any fear or sorrow. Like, oh man, we were so close to getting that like five percent better deal than Biden would have passed with a Democrat. Oh, if only. It's like, uh, I mean, if we're headed toward collapse, like, uh, I guess that is what it is. Um, anyway, uh, we'll, I've, I've consumed a lot of time here, so we'll come back to the to the chats um, at the end of the show here. I know I've made you guys wait, so I apologize for that. I see we got several on Rumble and YouTube and Tippy, uh, so we will come back um, to them. I'll have to just circle back with you. Thank you guys for your patience. Appreciate that. And uh, we'll get back to our callers before the bottom of the hour. Egrim, uh, Egrin, sorry, are you there? Yes. Uh, what do you know about Hegel uh, so far? Uh, very little. Rings a bell. I don't even know who the person is, actually. George Wilhelm Friedrich Hegel. Let me, uh, it rings a bell. Let me look it up. Or if you want to give me an introduction while I do. I would say he was uh, the first one to basically destroy what classical philosophy is hmm. and basically the precursors to the idea of ex- existentialism, nihilism, and everything that is the idea that everything is objective rather than objective. Okay. Uh, so he was he, a, he was a critic of subjectivism is what you're saying. Uh, a critic of uh, objectivism. Of objectivism, okay. Uh, so he was in favor of subjectivism. I know okay. it's like a lot of fighting out like a bad cough as it is. So he created the idea of existentialism and nihilism. Basically, he was the precursor to Karl Marx. Okay. And Karl Marx definitely... Uh, collected uh what uh, hegel had and what he created back in the 1800s and there was also uh, another uh, person called Ludwig uh Furbach who collected the writings of Karl Marx and Hegel to create this uh design of the hegelian uh dial- this whole bullshit of like my truth, your truth, that mm-hmm. kind of ridiculousness. A bunch of German nonsense. Although there are it's reasonable not, no, people. No, I don't know hold, if it's representative it's not, of the German It's people. not. He was born in Rome. This is not even uh, originally ah. from Germany. From, uh, this is not even German nonsense. This is his own little right. He was the precursor to all of this. Uh, he, so you understand the, uh, the principle of the non-contradiction, correct? No, I don't. I don't know what that is. You'll have to explain it to me. All right. the the, the idea is A cannot be B. Okay. Uh, it, you cannot simply change that. That is a contradiction to try to change A to B. It's like uh, fundamentally, you cannot s- simply change that. Okay. Um, yeah. Un- unless A equals B, but. It does not uh, in this case. No, in, in this case, it does not. Like in an equation, like it, uh, that is a different type of equation. Uh, basically, is I cannot be uh you, you cannot be me. Like uh, yeah, I get what impossible. you're saying. A, 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 a is white, B is black. Those are not things that you can switch. Yes. Yeah. 
Hegel created what is subjectivism. The idea that everything, even ethics, is subjective. Like, the whole concept of it. Sounds like a guy I would hate. All right. uh, (laughs) He basically was all in favor of pantheism. And the he created progressivism as uh as far as i can tell like the idea that we're trying to progress somewhere but not really understand where we're progressing he thinks that um uh, he thinks that uh conflict of ideas will reach to a solution but here's the thing you that conflict doesn't always work out as you may think it does like I understand that you're trying to sharpen your ideas to actually determine whether they're good or not, which that's an important thing to do on a daily basis. You mm-hmm. know, the idea of steel mailing, correct? Yeah, sure. Uh, but there are points and times when you uh, you have to finally say, come to the conclusion, this uh, B is ultimately bad. It does not work, period. You have to, like move on to the point that B does not work and thus and knowing that you know that it's destructive to you and anyone that's associated with B. Uh so thus you need to either for that matter burn it. Like it, it if it if you know f- uh fundamentally B is bad it, it you have to move on and basically say this idea is outright evil period yeah i i i, I guess i i think i follow you I, i'm i might be a little bit lost here but uh well you ever uh you ever looked up the three rules of thought no i don't know that so uh aristotle had the three rules of thought and mm-hmm. i i highly suggest you actually look up these is uh the love identity the law of non-contradiction and the law of the excluded middle. Those uh, laws of thought of how you progress uh, through the idea of A to B, um, through even just like simple uh, texts, you understand how how uh, one should even write, uh, how one should actually have his grammar set, because they're constantly trying to change how, uh, like for example, uh, a lot of people use the word sick to mean cool and cool uh, used to meant just for awesome. Like the idea of just constantly changing what uh, words are in a sense that no one even can even understand each other. Or for that matter, it's like in text, it some people, it just doesn't make any sense. Yeah. I think with all of the, uh, the language choice things, um, the words we use to describe certain things at some level, I think those will evolve over time. That's just kind of the nature of language that we're, we'll use words. The use of words will change as time goes on. But what's most important is that we respect that the items we're describing are distinct things. So whether we call a chair, a desk or a desk, a chair, a chair is something distinct with certain qualities about it that distinguish it from a desk. And as long as we're not using the word chair to describe desk-like qualities, I don't care if we call it a chair or a desk. Does that make sense? Like, so <laughs> I feel, here, feel like I'm having another uh, 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 conversation under the influence. I'm going into weird abstract concepts here. but So 
the idea that I get the idea that like if we were to call a chair a desk, but here's the thing: we've already have uh close to two like two hundred years to uh, like regardless of time, we we all agreed that we call a chair a chair. We don't mm-hmm. just simply change definitions or wording of things just because we feel like it and that can actually be more damaging uh to the community and for you to do uh to just simply understand words and meanings can change a little bit but i mean to change it to such a drastic extent i would say is more damaging i guess what i what i'm trying to say is that at some level the word we assign to objects is uh arbitrary it could be any noise in the world but the objects that we're describing are objective. They have objective qualities about them. And as long as we're not interchanging those things, does that make sense? You know, but they are, they are changing them. Uh, changing what? Let me clarify. And we'll have to wrap this up. I, you know, I, right. I find this stuff uh, interesting, but blonde is uh, blonde is about to pass away. I think. No, because <laughs> wait, I, I, we, all right. Yeah. The, the problem with what you're saying is not that, the uh, the content of what we're saying is changing the direction of the culture, like was um, was proclaimed in 1984, right? That's not what you're talking about. You're talking about arbitrary assignments of words for objects. Yeah, I, I guess what I'm saying is I don't necessarily care what word we use to describe it as long as we respect the distinguishing factors of the object that we're describing. So, Would a rose by any other name smell as sweet, though? It would. It doesn't have to be called a rose, but it does have rose-like qualities that have to be uh, I described. I don't care. <laughs> All right, Egrin, we'll give you last word before we let you go. Would you say that are you still a libertarian, or what? What do you finally actually describe yourself at this point? Like, uh, I, I, uh, you know, I, I hate labels, but if you had to, if I had to pick one politically, sure. That's not one that I would shy away from necessarily. Um, my only dispute with the title of libertarian politics is I think that it's a good philosophy as far as our relationship with government. Um, liberty, the, the wing of libertarianism that gets into the moral subjectivity of really all lifestyles and choices are the same. You do you. And as long as you're not hurting anybody, that's fine. That is the stuff that I that I reject, not because I want government intervention, but because I think there are morally good and correct decisions to make that should be encouraged. That is uh, that is a topic that comes from uh, that comes from God, frankly, or whoever the originator of the world's moral moral order is. Um, So, yeah, like if you're talking about what I view the role of government is, libertarianism is fine. If you're talking about uh, moral philosophy I would I would not accept the label in that regard. Well, here's the thing. Labels are important for a reason. I would say I think you need to delve deeper and like find that a, a character and identity of what you truly are. Otherwise, if you're it, well, like but that, can't be that's my problem. I don't think there's a word to describe that. I think that there's uh those are complex it, thoughts that need explanation. Homosexual well, nationalism. Well, here's an example. <laughs> why don't yeah, you why don't why don't you create a new word, you know, uh, difference, uh, a nice spelling, and create the definition for it? Ba- basically, make a prescription of a word and the proper definition, and see how well that goes for you right. when they try to sh- change that. 
Let's see how that goes. I, I'm, I'm, I'm with Blonde. I'm a homosexual nationalist. I'm going with it. Why are you gay? No, come on. It, be legitimate on this one. No, yeah, I don't. Right. I don't. I just don't. I don't agree with the premise that I have to have a certain title for myself. Uh, I'll happily describe my philosophy, but I don't agree that I have to define it with one word. Uh, I think it, the, the ideas are more complex. I think he's onto something, though. Like, like the term alt-right was actually really, it was good for both the left and the right. Because it gave people that weren't constitutional conservatives a way to redefine themselves away from the conventional right. But it also that was weaponized by the left. Yeah, I mean, I, so, I, dissident right, I think, is good. Uh, sure. I no, think, I, I, I would disagree on that. We got to let you go. We got to yeah, take I some go, other calls. Go. But thank you for the call. Appreciate it very much. Yep. Bye. We got Gilgamesh up next. Gilgamesh, hey. are you there? Oh, hey. Hey, it's no. inconceivable, Blonde. Okay, I was going <laughs> to say. Inconceivable for you, we, Nomad. You wanted me to say that. so We did have yes. a request. Thank you for fulfilling it. <laughs> oh, no problem. I have a question, Matt. On on yeah. the Bible study, when, when the guy brought my name, did he, was he complimenting me for what I talked about? Was that what he? Uh, I, who's I could, the guy? I can't remember. He was after me. He came on and he mentioned my name. He said something. I didn't quite hear what he said. And uh, I thought I don't, he was complimenting me for what I for bringing up what I said. I thought it was a compliment. I can't exactly. Remember I'd have what to he go said. back and and listen because I can't yeah. remember exactly. I know it was not. Uh, there was nothing that was like critical in my memory or something. No, like no. That. I think he complimented yeah. what I brought up about the, you know, what I brought up and everything. And I was like, yeah, I've been thinking about the sin stuff a lot. It's like, look at what we're seeing. We're seeing sin everywhere, and it just, you know, I did a whole. I've done a whole thing on the virtues and sins. You could, you know, go and see the video and everything. Oh, I did say that, see that movie, They, Them. Don't no. see it. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I have not. <laughs> oh, I watched Cocaine God, Bear, so not bad. They, Them. Or They Slash oh, oh, Them, God. right? It was a slasher yeah. movie about yeah, a they, tranny yeah, camp. Kevin Bacon. It's yeah. so god awful. It's it's not even. Killer. It's not even good cringe. No, no, it's awful. Uh-huh. I watched it. I had because at the beginning it was hard to see because it was so dark. I couldn't. Okay. It was. And I go. Was it because it was daylight? So I watched it at night. No, no. It's purposely dark. They don't want you seeing what the ugly mask the killer wears because when they finally show it, it's so stupid looking. Oh no. And you know right away who the killer is. And when she pulls off the mask, it's like, oh, it's you. I the. Well, is the movie like transgender propaganda or? Yeah, yeah. And they have a character who calls himself they them. And, okay. and Kevin Bacon goes, I have no problem with your lifestyle as long as you're honest with me. You can, you know, this one, it turns out is a guy living as a, you know, trans, he's a trans vet, transgender, yeah. but he finds out that she lied and said she was a girl when he's at, and so he made him move into the boys cabin. And of course they, oh, it, it's really bad. They brought in a pink song, which was like, oh God, please, this movie couldn't get any worse. Oh, it got worse. Did you finish it? You made and, it all the way through? Oh, I waited it through. It was, yeah, I hmm. do not recommend this movie. It's like, why Kevin Bacon? Oh, they wanted to be Friday the 13th. There's a point where two of the characters, two stupid, one's an ugly Asian bitch with the dikiest haircut. Because I wish, I didn't feel like we're being chased by Jason Voorhees. I said, and they put in two of the Jason Bourne? They made a Bourne? No, no, Jason Voorhees from Friday the 13th. Oh, that oh, Jason. Okay. okay. Yeah. yeah. They put in two of the, I mean, they went hard on like they had the one Asian chick go on on the white girl like her face in her crotch and they kept it there so you know she's going muffin diving and then the two gay guys one Wait, had muffin diving 
Yeah, he she had her face in her in her vagina, and they kept it on there for the. I always thought time. it was muff diving. That was muff diving, but whatever. <laughs> no, I know. And then they have the these two guys. They get they it naked. One gets behind, and they're simulating that they're that they're having sodomy, and they stick oh. with it for the longest time. Oh, it's so like oh I didn't need to see this, and the kill. Oh my god, it's so bad. And they insult, of course, oh, the conversion camp. They make it out to be the worst thing with a car battery. It's so bad. And All the right. best best thing in the whole movie, <laughs> the best thing in the whole movie is Kelly Preston, because she plays a therapist who basically talks to the main character who's supposed to be the protagonist. Yeah. And you find out that he's actually was born a girl. But it's not his parents who are ashamed of him. It's he's ashamed of himself because he couldn't accept himself as a girl. So he tries to act as a boy. And it's just like his you, his father's a military guy. You can see it. And it's just like she figures this out and then reels him on it. He starts crying and she realizes she's got him. He figured out who right. he is. He's fake. Well, uh, thank the camera's really fuzzy. Uh, and then I saw th- when you think- do blood and honey. We'll have to wrap this up it. quickly here. But yeah. last thought for, uh, on, on oh, the film. I'm glad you enjoyed Japan, Blonde. Yeah, it was and, awesome. Um, yeah. I wanted to go to China. If I had the money, I would travel to China because I've heard it. I want to see China at some point because it's a beautiful country, you know. And the yeah, but the Chinese nice. are just the Japanese without honor. That's really what. No, they have honor. They do. You have to talk to people that don't say all the terrible things about China because they're. You suck. I saw fuck a, you. Or do an interview with the guy who went to China and he actually exposed all the lies that we've ever said about, like the Uyghurs are not being genocide and everything. So yeah. There was a guy that was interviewed about his visit to China, and he basically says everything that you've heard about China is completely a lie. They don't have a social credit score. The Uyghurs are actually fine. They're they have their own. They run their own cities in Boston. Have been there for thousands of years. That are gold plated. Oh, oh yeah, you go. No, it's on his YouTube channel. Go watch. The Chinese the are actually, shifty, shifty bastards. <laughs> no, nah, the Japanese are actually more shifty. <gasps> what? Oh, okay. All right, now you've get gone. Yeah, now you've done it. You've overstayed your welcome at this time. At this at this point. Go back to where you come from, okay? We gotta stab you in the back. We gotta let you go. Thank you. Thank you for the call. Oh yeah. Always animated, always entertaining. <laughs> He's really going to bat for the Chinese lately. Anyway, uh, thank you, Gilgamesh. Uh, Joshy Boy will get last word tonight. Joshy Boy, are you there? Yes, I'm here. We were hey. just talking about. Hey, how's it going? All right, uh, two quick things. Since I'm very tired tonight, I'm going to give y'all a choice. Sure. Blonde, this is more geared towards you. I can tell you a funny story that I watched from It's a Gundam's recent video about this menace to the Japanese society, or I can kind of give my thoughts on libertarianism. Strangely, I'm going to go with the libertarian one. Really? Okay, that's fine. We love that. Okay, so the idea of libertarianism is be you or do what you want so as long as you're not hurting anyone else. Is that correct? Am I understanding that um, right? That's not the way that I – I would say that that's the way that some people define it, yeah. To me, what I mean is that the government has a very limited specified role in defending the rights of the individual, and those are defined. Uh, and the government should not step mm-hmm. over that role, generally speaking. So it's not necessarily like – Anything you want to, as long 
when I consider myself uh, under that term, I don't mean to say that all choices are valid so long as you're not harming others or all choices are fine so long as you're not harming others. What I mean is a, a limited mm-hmm. government in a defined way. Okay. How about you, Blaine? How would you define it? Uh, more like you. I mean, I think that uh, the, the heart of libertarianism is uh, maintaining maintaining individual value and capability and, and they would never say this but even at the expense of society like they're 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 fundamentally they're hyper individualistic in people i'm mm-hmm. individuals um but that's not of course how they would talk about free markets and blah blah you know which is a big part of this yeah place. The issue that I take with a recent, uh, with the most used definition, as long as you're not hurting anybody, um, do you, is the fact that I'm of the belief that anything that you do can and will affect everyone, either directly or indirectly. So take, for example, one of my colleagues at my church who once asked, so, so even me wearing a shirt can uh, affect me or somebody else in some way. And then I was like, well, if you hate what you're wearing, that's going to affect your mood and your mood and interacting with other people may affect them in some way. So it does have a ripple effect. It's kind of like, what was that movie called? The Butterfly Effect? Mm -hmm. Or that's more so based on decision-making. My issue with people saying that, oh, well, as long as you're not hurting anybody, he says, well, we've done that before, correct? We've let people kind of live their life. And like, for example, Johnny wants to be a girl or something like that. He wants to wear dresses and everything. And that seemed harmless at first. But look where we are now. We got full-on men with beards and everything saying that they're women trying to go into the girl's bathroom. So it may start off innocent enough, but look what has caused. So right. this whole, as long as you're not hurting anybody, I don't care what you do. Is as well. I kind of do care. I'm kind of like Matt. I'm not going to barge in your house and say, stop doing that. But mm. I'm also not of the opinion that, yeah, what you're doing can end up harming society. Um, maybe not right now, but further down the road. Yeah. yeah, I think it's a question of who intervenes and on what moral authority. Uh, and when we grant uh, yeah. when we grant too much of that to government, that's where I start to worry. Like if if, mm-hmm. if individuals and communities want to enforce these norms and these social goods, even through their own voluntary association, dissociation or shaming or all that, that is a that is a, yeah. a moral authority to me that is much more properly exercised than some government suit coming in and saying it will be this way. It will not be that way. And uh, I will exercise, yeah. I'll put you in prison if you disagree. Um, so, yeah. So I, I wouldn't dispute your point that, you know, at least in some minor sense, every interaction we have with another person is going to affect that person in some way. Um I would just say mm-hmm. that the question is on, on what moral authority does a person intervene and who is that person? And, and to me, that's why the libertarian philosophy on, on government's proper role is very important. Uh, there are certain, certain things that you have an inherent right to that other people or at least the state should not be intervening uh, and trying to control. Yeah. And if the control mechanism for, to, to, um, counter that behavior. If you, if you live a degenerate lifestyle that your community rejects, I think the proper solution to that is not um, men with guns from the state coming to handle you. I think the solution to that is people yeah. uh, exercising right. their free association away from you. Mm-hmm. Are you have any thoughts, Blonde? Mm, nope. 
Well, there you go. We 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 cracked the riddle. Um, all right. Well, did you have any right. closing thoughts on it? I will say that on the I'm going to go ahead and just kind of briefly go over. I'll be as quick as I can. Blonde, like myself, you're going to end up hating black people a little bit more with this whole. Have you ever heard of Johnny Somali? Uh uh-uh. uh. Johnny Somali. He's a clout chaser, uh, I believe. And he and his buddies went to Japan. Is this her, this started... Hiroshima Nagasaki thing? Yes. Ah, then I have. I've seen this video. Yeah. All right, then. Well, I watched the... Uh, I, I caught it when from a, It's a Gundam. So, And I watched the whole thing. And I was like, wow, if I ever want to go to Japan, I might want to have second thoughts now. Because these guys might think I'm like this dude right here. Uh, we black folks already get a bad rep here in the states so <laughs> what does that say about everywhere else i mean this guy single-handedly ruined racially race relations for most of us already yeah i think that they would be you know the important thing is that they still would hate you less than they hate the chinese so yes i think it's fine i'm just surprised okay. by the level of patience and politeness that the japanese society had towards somebody like this because had he, what did had he, he do? Done this he just did else. some pranking stuff, or I'm looking at a story about it right now. He yeah. did. He brought up Hiroshima and Nagasaki. He played hentai on train rides. What he do you mean brought up? Like he bomb. just he was like yelling at it in people's faces. Just yelling Hiroshima yeah. at random Pr- Japanese people. Okay. Yeah, that's, yeah, basically. Yeah, he was trying to be as offensive as possible to get a reaction. That sounds like, like a, say, a, a prank of Mogadishu cleverness for sure. Not, <laughs> yeah, not super, uh, so, super thoughtful. Yeah. So he's been assaulted multiple times. He's been arrested oh. multiple times. And I think, I don't know if he's been in prison for like seven, seven days and got sent, then got deported or they're going to send him to jail for three years. I can't remember which one. Yeah. But the fact that they let that continue for that long anywhere else, he either would have been beaten jailed or dead well this kind of stuff too i've i've seen youtube prank stuff maybe i'm just out of it i haven't seen it as reason but mm-hmm. it seemed like there was more of it maybe like around 2015 or so maybe i'm have a misperception on that but even the the was, lowest depths of youtube pranking were so dumb and i say this as someone who kind of likes a clever thoughtful prank even if it yeah, goes a little yeah. too far but so i've watched some of these and i remember one it was just a guy walking around a mall telling men that their girlfriends are ratchet. So just walk up to a guy and say, your girlfriend is gross. In other words, or your girlfriend is of poor quality. Yeah. And then like girlfriend is of poor quality. (laughs) And then these guys will be like, fuck you. I'll fight you. And it's like, Oh, that's the prank. He's running away from people because he said your girlfriend sucks. Well, it's like, what do you expect, man? That's not clever. If you just go up to someone and say, you suck, fuck you essentially. Yeah. What's the cleverness? What's yeah? The they bit? know it's not clever. Yes. Yeah. Is for the reactions that they'll get. You know, if you get your ass whooped, then they can claim like victimhood status, where they say, "Oh, look, the, the that whole title like gone wrong kind of thing," and they have this big giant red circle. It's all about <laughs> but the click still. Yeah, but it's like, is that even gone wrong? If you walk up to a guy and say your girlfriend yeah. sucks and he punches you, it's like, well, that was foreseeable. I mean, that seems really more like friend. gone right, yeah. actually. Yeah, uh, the I, titles and the pictures and stuff is all clickbait. They know what they're yeah. doing. Yeah, I don't know. I'm but kinda... you would think something like that would have died out like way back when, but apparently it still persists because I haven't really heard of something like this up until now. 
there must be an audience for it. I don't, I don't get it. Uh, and, and I Apparently like, there is, I like, I like clever things. I just, I, I don't like, I don't like lazy pranking and it seems like there's a lot of lazy pranking, but yeah, but I figured that would be interesting to bring up. I'll have to check it out. I don't know Johnny Somali, so I'll have to see what he's about. Anyway. Yeah, if you want like a quick little rundown, just um, type in It's a Gundam and check out his video on it. Okay. And he'll kind of give some context here and there. All right. Well, thank you for the call, man. Appreciate it. Yeah, thanks. Good, good talking to you. Have a good night. All right. Have a good night. Okay, that'll do it on calls for the evening. Appreciate all of our callers. Of course, if you uh, were trying to get in and you weren't able to, or if you'd like to participate in the show, but you can't do it live, you can send us an email question. The one and only way to do that is through the contact page of the website. That's mattchristensenmedia.com slash contact. Look for the call-in show question form. That's where we take our call-in show questions, as we will uh, right now. So uh, loyalty to Emperor Trump is back, always with the snarky Mm -hmm. comments about uh, our emperor. Let's see what he's got this week. He says, question mostly for Matt, but please chime in, Blonde. One of your, uh, on one of your recent Sunday shows, you criticized some of President Trump's answers to interview questions on abortion, and I think you were unfair. Uh, you seem to put such high value on babies with heartbeats and not enough value on Trump. <laughs> what side are you on? True MAGA criticizes Stacey Abrams for trashing the Georgia heartbeat bill and bashes Dr. Oz for being pro-choice in one year. Then true MAGA stays quiet when Trump goes full pro-choice in interviews. Well, I am very sorry for crossing uh, our God emperor. Um, and I, I will have to revisit my, um, my moral compass on that one. Um, you know, I, I always appreciate the cleverness in his sarcasm, but the reason that his sarcasm hits well is because I don't think this is most Trump supporters, but there is a segment of Trump supporters who are pretty close to this where Trump could come out and, and say, you know, I think, um, I think we ought to codify Roe nationally. I think we ought to take this issue away from the states and make sure that every state must allow abortion up to a certain point. And actually, when you think about it, the gun, the assault weapons are pretty bad. There's not really a reason anyone needs one of those. So I'm in favor of re-upping Feinstein's assault weapons bill. That, that There's a certain segment of Trump supporters that Trump could say those things and be serious and stick to them. And I think they would follow. I, it's not most... And I like Trump, and if the election were today, I would vote for Trump. But <laughs> he does have that kind of loyalty to him, um, probably unlike any other politician. You know, I, there's something that is an asset for him politically. I mean, when he said that I could, you know, shoot a guy off whatever Fifth Avenue or whatever he was talking about, there is truth to that. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I mean, I understand this was a in jest so i'm not actually sure how to no he's just joking around but i uh, the reason that his his questions are funny is because they're kind of true and i say this as someone who who likes trump mostly Uh, i'm not even trying to bash on him but that answer was indefensible yeah i mean yeah it uh there were many routes he could have taken out of that um that that you could argue for the route that he took, which was it's bad that states are passing heartbeat bills. It's a terrible thing, uh, morally incorrect. And also in defiance of probably your greatest achievement as president, which is returning this issue to the states to decide for themselves. Yeah. Um, snow Ape Dan. Yeah. Why didn't he just say that? Uh, snow Ape Dan. 
Do either of you have a favorite conspiracy theory that turned out to be real? Hope the leg heals well. Matt and Frank is a cool guy with a great show. I'm glad um, he checks it out. Thanks. The lab leak theory. People were telling us that we were so crazy. Um. Yeah that that one uh, is all but uh, is all but true now. I'm trying to think. Favorite conspiracy that that's probably the most recent one. Um, I don't know if it was a conspiracy, but like uh, people were called crazy for saying that vaccine mandates were coming too, and of course that turned out to right. be completely true. Oh, um, and then of course the the health effects from the, the vaccine. But yeah, which is which is are still denied. Uh, Favorite conspiracy? I don't want to say that, but like, I suppose I'm just listing things that turned out to be true. I'm not really sure if I have a preference for one. Yeah, favorite is a weird word to use because it's like you're not happy that any of these things are happening. But um, yeah, I suppose all of mine would be would be Corona related just because I think Corona, at least so far, is the greatest fraud of our lifetimes, if not the greatest fraud in the history of our country. So there are a lot of conspiracy tentacles to that, where it came from, um, how it was the response to it, what the reasoning behind all of that was. Um, I mean, I, it's to this day, I think, I don't, I don't think that Corona was an accident even. I mean, I, I think it came from the lab, but I reject the idea that it was a, just a whoopsie by like some Chinese intern, the timing with which it appeared and the way it was used, not only to achieve a certain political end in removing Trump and creating all the premises necessary to do that, not just in damaging him politically, but establishing a whole new method of elections yeah. that helped shoo this guy in. All of it is just way too convenient. And so I guess my favorite conspiracy is the one that has yet to be definitively solved, which is like, what was the intent behind this? Like who, who did this with intent? Cause I, I just remain convinced that's the case. There's it's all too convenient for so many purposes with perfect timing to have just yeah. been an accident. I think it was intentional. Yeah. And I, the, the end of the conspiracy on that is, Who's intent and why? I mean, we kind of already know the why, but who? The who question I want to know. Yeah. Joe Atkins. Thank you, Snow Ape Dan. Joe Atkins says, I had a heartfelt and tearful reunion with my sweetheart over the weekend. Being far older than I and having been married twice before, she couldn't violate her conscience by marrying a younger man like me. Well, it breaks my heart that we shall never see each other again in this world. We have both promised to walk the streets of glory together. I thank God for this closure in my life. And I thank you both for your support in the meantime, Joe, uh, apologies for the long letter. Well, I'm glad that you've reached peace on this. I'm trying to, I have to admit, I don't remember all of the backstory here. This must've been something that we were introduced yes, to. Prior. Um, he was dating an older woman. He was talking about, she was 10 years older. He was talking about, whether or not they should get married and have a family. Okay. Over several weeks, he sent us questions. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And so he. 10 years. Wh- I but think what does he mean when you say we'll never thing. see each other again in this world? Are we talking about a death here or I'm not. No, he's, I think he's just saying like we broke up and maybe we'll meet again in the afterlife. Oh, okay. Does seem menacing to you? I didn't. I didn't well, I guess I just, I want to know exactly what the nature of the split is. Cause when I hear that, I think death. But maybe that's not what he yeah, means. That actually didn't occur to me. But um, it you know, don't kill yourself if that's if that's going through your mind right now. But uh, I think that you have an opportunity to have a family now. Well, it's it's interesting too when she says violate her conscience. I wonder what her the objection in her conscience to it was. 
but she's tying him down to a woman that can't have children. Interesting. Well, if that, if that is her reasoning, that is, that is actually very noble and um, I'm, you know, I'm sorry that that's kind of a heartbreaking experience, but uh, if that is her reasoning, she's probably right. You know, Um, that is the nature of uh, the husband and wife relationship primarily, you know, again, not always, but generally speaking, the, the purpose of your relationship is the creation of children and um, yep. all other relationships can be very necessary, useful, beneficial, but there is no relationship you will ever have that is a substitute or a stand in for the relationship you have with your spouse and the totally. other parent of your children. It's just not a thing that anybody else can, can replace. So I yeah. hope that you find that and uh, all the best men. Um, Charlie blonde, you're wrong about Asian women. They won't get Westernized if you bring them over. But your kids will be brought up in the West in the current time, which might as well be a different country. Uh, if you want your kid to, that looks like you, why don't you have kids with your brother or cousin? Half-caste kids absolutely look like their parents. Why are you so obsessed with race? You can't tell me that a, a, a mixed-race child, when it's a white woman and somebody of any other race, is going to look like their mom. They're not. That's just that's just retarded. That's not true. Um, everybody wants their kids to look like them. They want their kids to like have their best features physically and emotionally and intellectually. Of course, that's what every parent wants. Um, I'm not obsessed with race. If you look at, like when I was in Japan, if you look at the way other cultures treat race, we are, we are so pathologically unobsessed with race in this country, much to our detriment. Um, the Japanese aren't walking around like talking how, about how everybody should be Japanese but they're just not letting anybody in their country. And if a Japanese woman married a black guy, uh, the social life over, <laughs> it's like your social life toast. And that is just the standard there as it is with in most Asian countries, you know? Um, and in America talking about how you want your kid to look like you is being obsessed with race. That's so fucking stupid. Ugh, there is something question. to it. I mean, obviously I hope first and foremost, I hope my son grows up to be a man of moral fortitude, proper character, yeah. all of that. That is primary. But you also but, care about that because you're like that. Yeah. But uh, can I deny that like there is something to the mini me that he is? I mean, he, we, we do this pointing bit cause I like to play this pointing game with him, even yeah. though I know that's kind of impolite and I hope he doesn't other point at other <laughs> people in that way, but we kind of do this pointing thing. We're always pointing at each other and it is exactly like the Spider-Man meme, you know, like he is, a mini me walking around pointing at me and I'm pointing at him. And there's something to that. The bond that we share, I think there is, it is in part because we, I guess, look like each other. He looks yeah. like a mini me. It, again, it's not to say that that is the most important thing to me, but I, I can't deny that there's, there's something satisfying about that. It you know? matters to people. Yeah. yeah. And I don't, I don't think that you're, you're racist if, if it's important to you, of course. I mean, um, and Charlie, I know that you can't respond to this, so I'm not trying to be overly critical of your perspective because ah, I don't you, know Charlie. how, you, <laughs> fuck you, Charlie. No, I don't know how you'd <laughs> respond, um, respond to those things. But, um, as, as far as anybody who disagrees with that assessment and they think, well, that's not it, like how my child looks is of no concern to me beyond whether that child grows up to be of proper character and to live a good life. I mean, that's, that's fine. I'm not looking to stop you. Um, it, it, I guess I just, I'm very, I'm not very sympathetic with claims of racism 
when used to police other people's dating preferences, you know, like if you think that you can date interracially and that is, that's totally fine with you. There are no obstacles, um, for you personally or the person that you're dating. Great. I'm not looking to intervene with you. Uh, if someone else assesses differently and thinks, um, it's actually important to me that I date within my race so that I look like my child or any other reason that you want to provide. Well, again, like their selection of spouse and with whom to have children, they're, they're allowed to use any criteria they want for that. Um, yeah. And so I'm not going to have any, I'm not going to have any dispute as long as, well, I mean, I got, same, same thing goes. I, I would hope that you, st- you pick a man of high moral character, obviously, but I don't think anybody, I don't think there's anybody out there who would say, I want a white guy no matter what, like even if he's a yeah. convicted criminal 10 times over. Oh, and I didn't even dispute the first part of this acting. If you do not understand women, and the materialistic competitive nature of women. If you think that you're going to bring an Asian woman to the West and she's going to maintain all of those values, like that's so stupid. You, you put a woman, women fill the container that they're put in. You put a woman in a competitive social environment based on capitalism and materialism. She will become what her social environment is. Like you want to retain those values. You have to stay in Asia with her. You have to, you can't bring her to the United States. She's going to turn out like every other Western woman. Like, what do you not understand about women? Well, thank you for the question, Charlie. Appreciate it. Idiot. I I appreciate all our question askers. That cannot be true. (laughs) That can't be true. Most. Charlie included. Uh, Did you read Charlie or did I? I forget. I think I read it. Okay, Dove is up next. So happy Blonde enjoyed her trip to Japan. Do you have dreams of going on another big trip when baby number two is a little bit older? If so, where? Matt, is there anywhere you and your wife would love to take your children? Admittedly, I remember going to the coast as a child more so than going abroad. But when my daughter is older, I would love to take her to Italy because it's always been very special to me. I love the history of the place, ancient and papal. Right. So that's how I pronounce it. Referring to, is it papacy or papacy? Anyway, much love from Ireland. Well, thank you, Dove. You want to take your portion first? Sure. Okay. So I'm naming this baby Ingrid Mm. and there's the announcement. Yeah. I'm not super crazy about it, but it's like the only name I can get everybody else on board with. Hmm. So I'm just, I'm just too tired to figure out something else. So Ingrid, Ingrid, it's going to be, um, I want to take Emmeline and Ingrid with my husband to India. But my husband has been like, no, like he went to India as a child and he was like, it's just too stressful of a trip. So we've decided that the next trip. Is going to be- Sorry, Raja Mohand, you. What did you did say? You? Singapore and oh. South Korea is the next trip. Yeah. Okay. Um, uh, I've never traveled internationally. So as far as where I would like you to have bring so much to do, come on. as far as where I'd like to bring my sons, um, even before internationally, they're not going to get a lot of ocean time. And so coastal places, I think will be a priority, even if they're still within the United States, though um, we still have family in Northern California. So I'm sure that'll happen kind of organically. Yeah. Um, but if we were going internationally, well, I, I've, as I've referenced before, my wife and I really got screwed out of our uh, honeymoon because it couldn't happen because we got married in October, 2020 and we wanted to go to Hawaii or we wanted to go to um, Scandinavian countries but neither of those were possible. But I, if I were to travel internationally, that's probably where I would want to go first is to Denmark, Sweden, Norway, Finland, those places. Um, 
I just, you know, it's not that yeah. long ago that that uh, my family came here from there, and I would just like to see what it's like. Um, but in addition to just kind of the family interest, the uh, there are so many cool spots and different things you can do in really incredible scenic places and see the northern lights and all that. There's just something about those Scandinavian countries I think are really cool and so yeah if we were going to go internationally that would be my vote and um i think my wife would probably be on board with that i'm not sure what her number one pick is internationally um australia would also be up there i would i yeah, would very much like to see a australia. long flight though yeah. long flight leonardo oh, de leona ah hi girl um Dear Mountain Blonde, shout out to the Kyoto crew. I was so nervous and jiggly. I didn't manage to say half the things I wanted to. Blonde, thanks always for your half of the show. Frank is lovely, but lacks the oomph, the spice, and the hair that the show <laughs> truly, he's got great hair, that the show truly needs. Now, the real question is, when is Matt going to come to Japan? Uh, it's it's going to be a long time. It's going to be maybe forever. I don't know if I'm ever Dude, going to Japan. This chick was so cool. Um, I met her at the meetup. All of the people that I met up at the meetup were, were super cool. Um, she's really young and like super hot and half Japanese and really interesting. She gave me this piece of ceramic pottery that she made that is so beautiful. Uh, and she was like, like really naturally interactive with Emmeline um, because I think that she, she grew up in like a, a school environment with her family. And I, uh, Emmeline just like would not stop talking. She's Liana, huh. Liana, Liana. So um, that night I was like, well, do you want Liana to come to the, the monkey park with us? So I invited her and then we hung out the next day too, after the trip. And it was just like such a delight to hang out with her. She's wow, so I'm glad cool. you, you made a friend. Did you guys know each other prior or you just met? Mm-hmm. Oh, that's cool. She said I answered one of her emails um, a few years ago. Okay. I have no memory of this. Yeah about dating but it, i don't know it's just like meeting people that watch the show uh it was kind of an emotional experience uh yeah it's really cool it's been a long time since so i've cool. had a, a meetup with many listeners of the show the last time i did that was um it's probably minneapolis in 2019 and there were maybe i don't know a couple dozen people there and um and yeah it's really cool it's um at the start it's i don't know if your experience was the same at the start it's kind of awkward not because it's their fault but because it's a really interesting dynamic and i've had this with people people, know about you but you don't know anything about them and i've been on the other side of that too where i meet people who i feel like i know because i listen to them or i like their product but they don't know who the hell i am and it is a weird like you know it's, it's just a it's hard to get to break that ice but Everybody, when we had that Minneapolis meetup, that only took like, I don't know, 10 minutes for people to be cool and comfortable with each yeah. other. And um, yeah, and, it, and it's 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 fun to um, meet new people in that way, too, because I know that everybody who's there is like on some baseline level of sanity. You know, maybe you're yeah. more like team blonde or maybe you're more team me or whatever that means to the extent there are even teams, which I don't you know. But okay. I guess what I'm saying is I know that you might be like slightly here or slightly there but you're not a crazy communist and meeting people in other social environments these days i have to be a very i just have to be very cautious because a lot of stuff i care about very deeply i won't discuss or reference other than very generic terms until i hear someone like make the right joke or give me some other tip that they that they know that they get it 
So it's, yeah. it's, it's fun to make new friends in a way where you can be confident they're not insane because walking on eggshells with people who might be insane is always just stressful and annoying. Anyway, yeah. uh, what's, what was her name? Liana. Thank you, Liana. Mm-hmm. Uh, no name here. My dear blonde, this year's Nobel prize for medicine is deep state version of can't touch these folks. Now they are preparing <laughs> ground so that nobody in press will dare to ever dig into the COVID MRNA shots or publish it because that's de facto career suicide. What is the recourse for this? I don't think your utopian dream of taking over this country is going to work even for politicians. Especially, what's your recourse for this? Okay, hold on. I need to read this. So, the, I don't, yeah, the Nobel Prize is going to something about how even like uh, the, the science and medicine have been compromised to the extent that they uncritically celebrate, you know, the vaccines and all of that stuff. Yeah, but data has a way of getting out. Like uh, the, the thalidomide thing, um, it was sanctioned by the FDA. What's it sanctioned by the FDA or some other government agency? For like years after the first um, after the first case of deformity had come out, because pharmaceutical companies and governments that had uh, allowed it to happen were fiercely protective over um, their poor decision making, and they didn't want to admit fault. But the, but the data comes out; people are able to connect dots. Doctors go off the reservation. I think that. Um, they are grossly overestimating their ability to control the narrative. Uh, yeah, the, the truth can be kind of bottled up for a while, but it inevitably escapes. And I, I know that's frustrating exactly. to live in a time where it's bottled up pretty well in many contexts right now. But it's um, not like but, every time I, I still read Daily Mail all the time. Every time some teenage girl cheerleaders gets myocarditis or whatever the fuck, the top comment on Daily Mail is always like a clot shot. And then it has 90,000 upvotes. <laughs> it's like people, yeah. people are not stupid. I mean, yeah, they're not. Yeah. Ooh, uh, this is a, this is a clever one. Are you up? Luke at my nuts. <laughs> That's what I have to say at the uh, gynecology <laughs> clinic. You should. Yeah. you should put that down as your name. Yeah. Do you think that it's hypocritical for right-wingers to both say that racism is based and that Democrats are the real racists, or do you think that it's possible to reconcile these two arguments? Uh, No, I think it's hypocritical. I don't really know anybody who would say both of those things, to be honest. Mm, I've said Democrats are the real racists before, but it's a stupid argument. Well, I suppose the only way it would not be hypocritical is to say that is is when it's used to illustrate that they are hypocritical in their own reasoning. If you accept their morality that that what they call racism is the greatest sin of all time, when they in fact display it, you are using right. their moral framework to criticize them. True, so even if it's true. not your belief, it's not necessarily critical or uh, hypocritical rather. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, I, the for me, the argument Democrats are the real racists is 99% cringe. Like whenever that is deployed, uh, no, I mean, and I guess my, my problem with deploying that criticism is the same as my criticism of when that deployment, that criticism is deployed against right wingers or, you know, people who are called racist all the time. That's the, the term racism. 
Um, I, uh, you always need clarification of what they mean by that. Like, yeah, racism these days, as far as I gather, is intended to mean that there are, in fact, no differences on average across racial groups, which mm-hmm. is just factually false. Now, if by racism you mean like, do I think that people's rights are defined by their race or that you're entitled to abuse someone on the basis of their race? No, I mean, if, if that's your definition of racism, sure, I'm going to be critical of that insofar as I think violating anybody's rights for any reason ought to be mm-hmm. criticized. But when racism is deployed, it's like, yeah, it, it, different groups on average have different characteristics, period. That's not it's no more racist than just a statistical analysis. And it's true whether you're looking at gender or age or anything else. So that's why I say it's cringe. It's like. Oh, you mean you mean this group has different on average traits or behaviors than that group on average? Well, that's not even a judgment, really. That's just a statement of fact. Like, here's the way that it is. I'm not saying good or bad, but here's the way that it is. Yeah. So I think that answered the question, right? Do you have any more to say about it? Okay. Uh, Incompetent Hand says, in the fifth grade, my mom was driving me, my brother, and some friends home from school. The topic had turned to a kid in my class and how he really liked Britney Spears and not in a gay way. As talk died down, as talk died down my mom asked, is Britney Spears a girl in your class? We couldn't breathe because we laughed so hard. Shaved head tantrums and bikini knife dances later. Me and my brother still won't let our poor old mom live that down. Do you guys have any funny story about the first time you surpassed your parents culturally? Uh, It's a decade away, but are you dreading the moment that your kids, uh, this will happen with your kids or will you embrace it? Oh, I don't know. Um, It's hard for me to say with my parents because my parents have never been like big pop culture people at all. They're not really into like entertainment and celebrities. That's just not them. So um, as far as them, like not knowing who a particular celebrity is or that, that you know, I, I don't know that I've had an experience just like this, at least not one that I can think of. I can't think of anything either. Hmm. As far as my kids becoming more, uh, culturally hip than me, I don't fear that at all. Well, I, what I fear about that is being closely connected to probably what is a corrupt degenerate culture. I mean, I shouldn't say I don't fear that at all. Like if you know all the celebrities X, Y, and Z and know everything they're doing these days, it probably will have a warping effect on your uh, moral beliefs as well. So maybe there is something to fear there, but I think what I fear most uh, as a parent or what I dread having to manage most is the tool through which they will connect to those things. Phones, yeah. the internet, computers, you know, I mean, I, do you know what you're going to do about phones? I am. My kids are not having phones until they are into 16. well into their teens, yeah. like close yeah, to adulthood. And I didn't, I didn't have a cell phone until my senior year of high school. And looking yeah. back, like, I'm not sure it I even awesome. should have, you know, but there, there are downsides to that too. Not just like, uh, the, you know, the connectivity and all the, the negativity of, of social media and all the damaging effects of all that. But one thing that that I'll never forget that my sons will probably never experience is calling a girl's house. Okay? It's gone forever. You don't have to do that. You don't have to go through the dad anymore. And that's like a rite of passage for young oh, men. Totally. The terror yeah. of calling a girl's house and getting through her parents to talk to her. 
Every young man should have to experience that, and they won't anymore. Instead, they just text her, sup, bitch, and she sends nudes. You know, there's no <laughs> there's no struggle. There's no respect. There's no honor. You know, it's lost. And one family computer that is in some neutral kitchen area. That's right. Yeah, that's that's how it was at our house. Yeah. And it, with the dial-up internet, you know, hey, no one can make a phone call because I got to use the old AOL and go through that one-minute you know, whatever the sound was of like getting on the internet super nah, highway. Nah, yeah, yeah. The dial up sound. Nah, 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 nah. Um, oh, no, God. I'm going to, I'm going to try to, yeah, I, don't, I, I, I can hear it now, but dad, all my friends have phones. What's going to happen if I'm in an emergency? Who am I going to call if I'm in an emergency? Yeah, you know, I don't give a shit. Yeah. Uh, Figure it out. Use one of your friend's cell phones. <sighs> That's what I dread. Uh, but Anyway, thank you, Incompetent Hands. I'm sorry I didn't have a great answer for your question. I just don't have anything off the top of my head. I can't and I, even remember. I won't anything. lie to defame my parents, you know? Bonnie. Hey, both. I saw a fuss made recently when Pamela Anderson went into a Paris Fashion Week without makeup. It got me thinking about aging, the lengths women are prepared to go to prevent it. Do you have a stance on Botox Ooh. or injectables? Ooh. I don't like the idea of injecting chemicals into my face, but as I get closer to 30, I understand why some people feel pressure into doing it. Thanks. Okay. The face you see right now is I'm barely wearing any makeup, which is why I look like shit. Um, And I have not had any work done. However, when I started the podcast, I was what? I was 27 or something. Um, Uh, No, we were both 29 uh, because it was 2016. When I started my channel. Yeah. When you started your channel, it was probably a couple years prior. That was the end of 2015. So I must have been 20. 27, 28, 27 or 28. Yeah. yeah. Um, and like, I remember getting a YouTube comment that was talking about like this asymmetry that I had in my face. Oh my and God. And I became totally obsessed with it. And I spent just a small fortune just getting like uh, cheek fillers on this one side, just because this one person was like talking to me about it all the time. In my comments <laughs> about my, so I, I, so I was like 27 or 28 and I was getting, I was spending like eight grand a year on like, Botox. $8,000. There was one year that I I spent, I got like IPL photofacial, which is like laser um, resurfacing. So that's not really a cosmetic procedure, but that was really expensive. You have to do it three times. And then I got Botox, like a bunch of Botox. And then I got um, facial fillers in my cheek area um, and in my eye sockets. And uh, because I was getting hounded on the internet, like you see these internet women, like if you look back at their first video, like all of yeah. them have had major work done. Like and it must be, Peterson doesn't even look like the same. It must person. be the same thing that you're talking about. Cause I, I'm not naming names, but there are, you could go down a long list of women who engage in the behavior that you're talking about. And I think it must yeah. be that they had the same experience. Yeah. And, um, and yeah, I, I will, al- I will always be baffled that young women who are probably at the height of their physical attractiveness will start meddling and like, don't mess with success, bitch. Yeah. Um, but luckily I didn't do anything permanent like fillers and all those things. They dissolve Botox goes away after three months. So like, this is what I would look like at age 36. (laughs) If I hadn't done anything to my face, I didn't get my boobs. I didn't get anything like that done. So like, I'm grateful for that. But like what helped me, uh, deal with the pressures of aging is getting married and having kids because yeah. let me tell you it's not like i don't give a fuck about my personal appearance anymore 
But like, I have used my sexual market value for its intended purpose, which is to marry a man that's above me in basically every way to marry outside of my league and appropriate and taller and so than now, you most importantly most importantly yeah. <laughs> and now um so that pressure to like wield yeah. my sexual market value into a good marriage is fulfilled and so i can like as long as i don't get fat um i'm i'm pretty okay with the aging process well, and, like i feel really zen about it and that's the thing um from the male perspective and i i, I consider myself anti all of these things but i'm kind of anti-interventionist when it comes to most health things frankly i wouldn't even call this health per se because this is just mod this is aesthetic modification yeah. um but from the male perspective if you're if you're trying to maintain your attractiveness as a woman it yeah, starts to get desperate well, it's like, yeah, sure. Makeup is fine. Like, oh, you stylize your hair this way. You dress that way. Like, I guess those things matter, but nothing matters more than a woman who just takes care of herself physically. And by that, I mean, just mm-hmm. stay in shape. Do not get yeah. overweight. Take care of yourself. Go to the gym. Make a routine of it. Eat well. Yeah. I, I can't tell you, like, even even if you feel like you're not you don't have like a super attractive face or you're you're worried about characteristics X, Y and Z like you're talking about. If if you're a woman who maintains herself physically, that is going to do so much more for you than any injection or any makeup or things like that. And I've seen it so many times where women I knew, you know, way back when five, ten years ago mm-hmm. who used to be overweight and then they've gotten their lives under control and they're not anymore. You're like, you're a different person. Holy yeah. cow. There's nothing an individual, and that goes for men too, by the way. Um, It's not just a a female thing, but if if you're sort of person who does not feel like you're physically attractive and you want to improve that, uh, stay in shape. It's as simple as as making the best effort that you can to stay in shape. That is the number one improvement. Exudes um, forth, and I think that, like, I, I was also I had like body dysmorphia, and this happens to women that are having plastic surgery. Um. And the body dysmorphia was like especially bad when I was editing my videos. Hmm. But I thought that you could not at all tell that I was getting any work done. But when I look back on those videos, like there are parts of my face that like I could not I could not move at all. Like totally shiny, like lineless forehead. I couldn't move my eyes at all. Like it was really obvious that I was Botoxing the absolute fuck out of my face. And I just, you know, I just didn't. I was like, oh no, no, no one knows. Yeah. Like all these chicks that are getting hella work done. I'm like, all right. But they're doing you're- it so early too. You know, I understand women who feel like they're up against the aging wall at like 40 or something. Well, like Michaela Peterson doesn't even look like the same person. Uh, <laughs> like she looks like Jordan Peterson, like tranny Jordan Peterson. <laughs> She's got like big fake tits and like her mouth looks like a like a giant red you vagina. You absolute son of a bitch. Lip- fillers are about like making your mouth look like a huge it's uh so that men think about it man i from i don't know if my pers- i feel like i must be in the minority because women do it because presumably i guess guys are into it but the lip filler thing n- no i'm i'm a hundred percent i think out that, that i think that what happens is you like get a little lip filler yeah and then um i think it signals to men that that like you're a whore and so you start ah. getting in this feedback loop of okay positive attention and then you just keep doing it yeah. and then you have body dysmorphia because you think that it looks good because you're getting like a sexual praise for it for men that are just into you because you're a slut hmm. right maybe maybe it is a signal for uh it's a signal for a certain type of man looking for a certain type of uh, interaction 
whatever. I'm just sick of looking at this, this type of woman that like everybody looks the same. It's like, they all look like Kim Kardashian. I don't know what kind of work they're getting done. Hmm. Well, uh, thank you for the question. <laughs> Did I read that one? Uh, yeah. I, I can't remember. I'll, I'll read this one. FTM is for moms. Not all right. Email uh, to mail. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Hello. Now that you're both expecting a second baby, what things will you do differently this time around? I'm a first time mom of a beautiful, sweet three and a half month old little boy and just absolutely agonizing over everything sleep related. Um, the, what I what we will do, we will get uh, our next son into his own room and his own sleeping arrangement quicker. Um, we will probably co-sleep to start uh, just because that was... Uh, it, it went well the first time and with the newborn's feeding schedule and stuff that seemed to, to work pretty well, but we had him in our bed until he was about six months old. And I, I'm going to do that. We're going to get him out of there earlier this time. And our, our, our first son really responded well to being in his own space and having a routine, you know, bedtime routine of it's bath time, it's dinner time, it's bedtime. And ever since for the last uh, year and a half plus, he's been a, an excellent go to bed and stay to bed kid. And the only times he wasn't are when we had him in our room for too long. So I'm going to be, I, I think we'll probably aim for like maybe the three month mark to probably get him in his own space. Oh, geez. Um, I was going to say that, like, I'm just going to try to worry less. And in terms of the sleep stuff, that, that bedside bassinet, I'm not even fucking trying this time. We did just try it. It didn't, it didn't work for us either. Yeah. Everybody has a bedside bassinet that they want to get rid of if they have a newborn. I'm like, all right, I'm just going to co-sleep as safely as I possibly can. Um, and I don't drink or smoke. So it's like, how could you be any safer? Um, and then I'm just going to try to worry less like postpartum anxiety just destroyed my postpartum period. It was a friggin' yeah. nightmare. You know, another thing I might try to, I might do, I don't know. It's, it's sort of, it depends on the kid too, but I feel like I, I feel like I didn't do enough book reading with my first son and he's mm-hmm. kind of getting there with words now. And like, he's really interested in looking at picture books and I guess maybe you wait for that to develop and the interest to develop. But I just wonder if maybe, I don't know, maybe, maybe I could like, he, he's still just kind of, he's just getting to the speaking stage and I know he's not really behind cause he's only two and you know, a lot of little boys that don't talk till three, frankly, but I just yeah. wonder if maybe I didn't get to some language development stuff early enough. I don't know. Well, but at the same time, I also know that when I did show him books when he was younger, don't care. <laughs> you can't force me to look at that. Do not care at all. So it's like, what are you supposed to do? I'm yeah. not going to try to force him into something that doesn't capture his attention at all. Um, I don't know. I mean, my biggest thing with parenthood is, is routine rules, habit, all of that stuff. Like my job is to provide structure to my kids. And, um, it's not to, I I guess it's not to force them into like one particular interest or one particular, uh, area, but I I just want to give them, uh, uh, you know, consistency Mm -hmm. habits and make sure that they can eat and sleep well enough to develop into toddlers. And then we can develop the skills once they get there, I guess. So. Yeah. Maybe I'll worry less about the specific tasks and just focus on maintaining the the routine. I don't know. Uh, that that's the other thing. We're, ours is going to be completely di- different this time because, uh, well, breaking news this week I got to move my parents to Bozeman. 
Nice. So we're going to have grandma and grandpa right nearby. That's awesome. And so this is going to be a totally different experience where we have a lot of help now. And how that will impact our second son will be significant because it won't just be primarily mom and dad. We're going to have a lot of grandma and grandpa help. That's awesome. Which I'm sure will be beneficial. I mean, you've had that, you've had that for, for oh, you yeah. as well. I don't know what I would have done with my, without my parents. Yeah. Uh, so that's very exciting. And, um, you know, I'll have, I'll have more to, to say about that later, but, uh, congratulations, uh, on yep. your, on your, on your little boy and all the best. Juggernaut, the destroyer. Um, hello, smoke detector enthusiasts. Thoughts on usury. Um, I think it's evil. I guess that would, the definition, I understand what the concept is, which is just lending at uh, very high interest rates, right? Um, yeah. I mean, I would argue that, yeah. There's an argument, you know, who made an argument? Because to me, like my initial reaction to this is, well, if you don't want to borrow at the interest rate that's offered, don't, don't borrow. Don't mm-hmm. accept that. If you accept a loan at a very high interest rate, at least some of that, if not all of that is on you, the consumer. Yeah. yeah. Um, I've heard, I read, no an inter- I read an interesting argument from Owen Benjamin and I might be mischaracterizing it, but he, this was a while back. He was tweeting about it and he was making the case that like interest itself should not be allowed uh, with the reasoning, something to the effect of like, it does not in fact produce anything. Um, it, it, I guess it, you know, it produces wealth for the lender, of course, but it doesn't produce like a tangible good. I wish I could give his argument a better representation. I'm trying to remember exactly what it was. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess, I guess my problem with that though, is there's gotta be, there has to be some incentive to lend because yeah. lending is necessary to build. The borrowing is necessary to build in almost all contexts. Like I have a great idea. I want to build something. I don't have the resources mm-hmm. to do it. I need to go to someone who does to give me those resources so that I can build it. And I think it's only fair that that person has some expectation of a return for them for parting with their property in the form of the money. Um, and, and if the expectation is that they just give you the money on a promise to pay it back over time with no interest, well, what's the incentive for them to do that, though? Like if they gain yeah. nothing by doing it, I guess it's just goodness of their hearts. Perhaps there are plenty of people willing to do that. I suppose that's fine. But if you're if you're of the belief that you want to encourage lending for the sake of building new things, interest seems like a, a necessary concept in that. So um, then it's just a question of like what line is too high? And I guess it's do you want do you want government or the state defining that? Or should that just be up to each individual consumer in the market to decide what a fair interest rate is? Mm. Uh, I would, I would go with the latter on that question. I, I don't think that I don't want some central authority just deciding this is the interest rate that is acceptable. I would rather have the consumer deciding this is the interest rate that I'll accept. And this is the interest rate that I won't. So I suppose I've just talked myself into generally being skeptical of, of the concept. Um, but maybe uh, the concept of usury, is it usury or usury? I don't know. Usury. Usury. I guess my answer is if you don't accept the terms of the loan, don't take out the loan. Um, but but maybe it's your only option to build something. Well, you know, then, then don't build too, but that, I know that answer sucks, but I I guess what I'm trying to avoid is if the answer is no interest or we we're going to, try to tightly control such things. Well, then we're disincentivizing lending too. Yep. We're totally. saying you can only lend if you don't have any interest or if you, you can only lend if you do it at this interest rate, which may or may not be profitable for the lender. Yeah. So 
I'm going to side with consumer choice on this and rely on uh, the market to balance it out. But you know, in the same way, I thought maybe Owen Benjamin was kind of onto something there. Maybe there's something I I haven't considered about this. So I will. Maybe, I, yeah. I welcome a follow up, uh, Juggernaut, if you have a different perspective on it. Okay. Well, we're all set on email questions. Thank you guys for those. Very much appreciated. Uh, as a reminder, if you'd like to send us an email question, contact page of the website is how you do it. Uh, slash contact. Look for the call in show question form. Okay. Uh, we got several over on Rumble. So maybe I'll just do these uh, quick hitting here because we have Mr. Okay. S word with several. Uh, okay. I wonder what's happening with the Yellowstone universe. Want Sly Stallone show season two. I forget what the name of his show was. What's his most recent show that was by, isn't it by Taylor Sheridan too? Not 1923. No, there's a, there's a Sylvester Stallone show. That's like totally Yellowstone unrelated. Uh, I forget what it's called. Cause I didn't I watch know. it. Uh, yeah. What's going on with the Yellowstone universe is the writer's strike though. I guess that's resolved now. But it's going to be a while until yeah. we see any more Yellowstone so stuff. So 1923 is on hiatus, too. Well, I so don't care about Yellowstone, though. Hmm. 1923 uh, is good, uh, even though I didn't much like the Africa storyline that much. But they're out of you Africa. You mean the though. greatest love story ever told? <laughs> okay. Mr. S-Word says, talking about AR bottoms, Matt needs to buy an AK and learn to wipe his ass. Well, you can dispute <laughs> my methods all you want, but what makes you think I don't have an AK? I mean, that's a preposterous <laughs> yeah. piece of speculation. At least an AR-10. Uh, again, what, what makes you think I don't have certain anyway? Uh, I bet blonde has a bunch of all of those. Let him know blonde will. <laughs> yeah. You guys got an AK? Yeah, we do. You got a commie At least rifle? One. All right. Yeah. Uh, you know, the Chinese make a lot of those too. Get yourself a good Chinese really? AK. Yeah. I don't like that at all. Uh, right. You know, I, yeah, I mean, I don't have a Chinese AK, but those are uh well anyway i just have a crappy like you know american ak it's not there's it's not a it's not a fancy ak or, or collectible in any way but it is an ak mr s word says i got an insane amount of feathers from my old pillows anybody have a good amount of tar it's just for a project it might be uh <laughs> might be time for that project that's true you know uh unfortunately all i have is lumpy my pillows they don't have feathers in them they have those little like foam cubes or whatever they are they are truly lumpy i know mike lindell don't <laughs> come, don't come at me bro they're kind of lumpy but i still have them because uh i i like the guy uh hadi twerkman a couple here much of japan's demographic issues is as with the west is attributable to the china miracle japan's lost decade parallels china's economic rise i don't know what the china miracle is though do you Okay, I have to plead ignorance on that one. Also says honorable people tend to defer family formation until they can afford to have one to their standards. Maybe that's an explanation. Blonde missed hearing about the North Pole adventure on the Charlie Russell uh, choo-choo. I think what? that was when you stepped out to pee. Oh, This is some kind of Christmas show, right? He was saying this is a Christmas show that you can go to and it's already sold out. The North Pole adventure no train, Charlie Russell choo-choo. Oh yeah, this is uh, th- yeah okay. This is what you were talking about early uh, earlier, but it's a Montana thing. So where is this? Uh, the Charlie Russell Choo Choo Experience. Uh, but what town is this in? I'm sure I looked this up before. Well, here's the about page. It's like some kind of train thing. Oh oh, oh I see. So you must ride. It must be dinner on the train. That's kind of cool. 
It's a spectacular evening traveling through the awe-inspiring mountains and prairies of the Judith Basin in central Montana. So you get on a train and you have a dinner and it's it's Christmassy and Old Westy. That sounds pretty cool, actually. Maybe maybe that'd be fun in a future year. Huh. I do remember you explaining this to us earlier and I had forgotten about it. Thank you, Mr. Twerkman. Shadowban420, what's your take on legalizing prostitution? There's definitely a masculinity crisis in the U.S. and I don't think it's a, a silver bullet to solve all the ripples in society that feminism has created, but it might help. Women basically sell themselves already with little to no benefit to men. Think strip clubs, OnlyFans, Tinder whoring, social media attention. If it was done ethically, um, I am, I am Can going... Can it ever be done ethically, though? I don't yeah. know that adding to this culture of sexual depravity is like... like because it's already happening is a moral argument. It's not like we should be doing everything that we can to reduce um, the burden of our sexual hedonism on younger generations. This cannot possibly help. Uh, I would be yeah. inclined to, to say no as well. Um, and I also agree that regardless of how you feel about the legal matter, like whether this is a place for the state to a thing for the state to oversee or not, I would agree that I don't think it can be done morally insofar as again, the sexual relationship between man and wife, husband, uh, man and woman, husband and wife is for the purpose of creating children and giving those children a future. You mm -hmm. don't do that through prostitution. It's a bastardization of the, yeah, the yeah. purpose of that relationship. Uh, maybe you want to make the argument, OK, it's it's morally wrong. But insofar as no one's rights are violated, it's not the business of the state. I am kind of sympathetic to that argument insofar as like if everyone consents, I don't know if the government has a role of coming in and stopping it. But on the other side of it, and I, I remember doing a video about this and, and what's happening in Oakland and in California where they, they all but don't police prostitution anymore. Um, the amount of degeneracy and destruction that goes that, that necessarily comes along with prostitution. Like if you allow this prostitution to be happening just openly on the streets it comes along with a lot of uh, drugs and other crime and people just having all these nuisances on their streets that make their streets just uninhabitable for normal activity. So there are those externalities to consider. Um, so, yeah, I mean, if, if I'm voting in my state, like, do I want I, the best I could say if you wanted to have this legal is you got to do like, is you do like the Nevada method where it's like legal but restricted and sort of closely managed I, I wouldn't be in favor of just kind of this laissez-faire be a whore yeah. if you want and parade around on the streets if you want um yeah if i'm voting in my state uh i'm fine with it being uh not legal but i i, 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 I guess with the premise here like e even if it was are there perceivable benefits that could come out of it i i don't really think so i don't think like i don't think indulging to me, it's kind of the same argument of like, well, isn't um, like wouldn't isn't or wouldn't porn be beneficial insofar as it's like a, a release for the male urge or something like that? I mean, th that argument to me, I think that the way it turns out is like it what it what it actually is, is a distraction from the proper focus of the male urge and the proper focus of the male energy. Totally. And when it's that easy, when it's like, OK, I don't have to go win a woman. I don't have to go provide stability in a, in a home for her. To it's get that sexual reward. Yeah, it's like, ambitious. well, why Why would I put forth the effort? Like, why would I go work hard for that chick when I can just go get some whore down the street for, mm -hmm. you know, a hundred bucks or whatever it costs? I don't yeah. know. What do prostitutes charge? It's probably more than that. I'm probably being naive there. I'm sure a good one is more than a hundred bucks. I don't know. But uh, anyway, thank you, Shadowband. Uh, 
Oh, also says like the way it was done in the Netherlands where they undergo STD testing and use protection. It could benefit the mental health of men and balance things in society because right now it's heavily skewed. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm just, I'm skeptical. Like I said, I'm skeptical of that theory. Although, you know, if you could show me in data that it plays out that way, maybe if you want some heavily controlled method so that it's like, here's the place for that. And it doesn't spill out and you know, you don't have Oakland style prostitutes walking around elementary schools and the police not intervening, you know, if it's, if it's controlled, maybe, but I, I'm skeptical of the theory. I'm just skeptical of the theory that it's, that prostitution is going to help men. Yeah. Mr. S word says here is the chip Roy video. It starts about eight minute, uh, eight minute mark and goes for on for a couple minutes. So I can't watch it now, uh, but I can save the link for later. So thank you for that. And for supporting the show, of course, shadow band also says, I think it's a huge part of why there's so many mass shootings is because a lot of men go lone wolf and unnoticed and they don't have any female comfort. They are scum, but I'm just uh, saying that might be a factor. Well, I definitely don't think you're wrong there that the, the distorted and perverted, relationship between men and women the 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 way that we have destroyed that yeah causes a lot of um unhappiness in both men and women the difference between i think male and female unhappiness women women generally are not shooters uh, school shooters i don't know what their stress coping mechanism is but it's not school shootings men definitely like th- th- where is the school shooter who was otherwise like a normal father of three children who took good care of them? That's not a school shooter. School shooters are, are always that kind of like loner that everybody thought was weird who would never get a, a chick. You're right. There's probably something to that. It's just, so the question of how do we repair the the relationship between men and women for those guys? Uh, I'm very sympathetic to what I think is a very important question. Not convinced that prostitution is the solution. Right. But if you press me for like, what's, what's the better one? Um, it's hard for me to give you something that is obviously and easily better arranged marriage. That's yeah, that's really, that's the best I got for you. Arranged marriage or just the restoration of, of moral fortitude in men such that we understand what it is to be a good man, how to build that life and in turn attract women to that. But that's, you know, easier said than done. You know, it's like uh, you're just yeah. telling everyone, okay, you go be Hercules. Some men, there are always going to be men who are more and less desirable to women than others by their nature. And we can all improve ourselves and get to the best version of ourselves that we can. But there will always be that kind of like, I don't know, in the same way they're the lowest on the totem pole chicks in terms of attractiveness, I guess. There, there will always be ones, to be blunt. There will be one men and one women. And how do we make sure that they are taken care of so they don't become school shooters either? Fair question. I'm just not on the prostitution uh, train. We have to create an environment where average men are still marriageable to average women. Easier said than done. Um, Okay. Get to uh, YouTube and tippy stream here. I left off on uh, Bocephus. Do you want to take that one? Sure. Hear me and rejoice. Dick's Hexenhammer has posted a video of his garden. The horseradish and asparagus have survived the peach tree. Did not. Mm. He also mentioned it's hot and he'll have to work shirtless. Ooh. Oh, no. I heard he's back in the United States. Hot in Vermont in October? You know, I bet the fall foliage is excellent in Vermont. I'll have to check it out. Foliage? You just sounded like you're 100 years old. You just crossed over into old man territory. Is that, uh, am I, why? Hey, did I miss your birthday? No, it's two weeks from today. 
October 2nd. Why did I think it was October 2nd? No, October 18th. Is that your anniversary? No, our anniversary is the 17th. We got married the day before my birthday. Um, Zadie Shaddix, thank you. Please take a moment to look up the Declaration of North America on the White House website. The news is being suppressed. Okay. Okay, yeah, I don't even know what that is, so I'll have to check it out. Can you look that up while I uh, read Ryan Haas? Do you lovely people have favorite Halloween time movies? Matt, have you seen enough to even have a favorite? I'm pretty partial (laughs) to The Shining and or The Thing. I love both those movies. Hope you're happy and your families are doing well. Thank you so much. Um, Well, thank you. All the best to you, sir. I like uh, some of the Tim Burton ones. Hmm. I'm not actually a big horror movie guy, which is surprising because my wife's really into a lot of that stuff. Uh, not just like the themes, but even the effects. That's like, that's like, a you know, Hollywood makeup and stuff was a passion in a former career of hers. So we should have more horror movies that we appreciate, but we actually just don't watch them very much. And especially unless I, unless I, you know, was made to watch a horror movie by the movie review segment with young, with our young son and another one on the way, it's just not something we're going to put on the TV Yeah. currently. Uh, cocaine bear was the scariest movie that we watched recently. <laughs> Got to check it out, man. Uh, uh, anyway, thank you, Ryan. Do, I don't think I have anybody, uh, anybody else refreshed. Do you see? Anybody uh, else? yeah, I got, uh, bill biz says Hegel was also a huge influence on fascism. Interesting. So maybe he, uh, was, uh, uncle a, a Hegel believer. I don't know. I can't pull this up. What is going on here? Glowy McFed face. Well, thank you for tuning in. Uh, I can forgive Diane Feinstein for being an interdimensional shape-shifting demon leeching off our hard-earned tax dollars, but I cannot forgive her for being J-word. Hitler is great. Race war now. Okay. All right. Uh, (laughs) This is a fed indeed who posted this one. Fed, 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 fed. Thank you, Glowy. (laughs) Appreciate your support for the show. Uh, I think we're all set now. Oh, okay, cool. Uh, Zadie sent a, a few that are blank, though. So just, uh, Zadie, if those were unintentional, I uh, just want to make sure you're aware that those went through. And if those if those were a mistake, get in touch with me. I can get those refunded. But other than that, thanks for your support for the show. We love you. You're very special. Uh, yeah, that's it. Anything else before we're out of here? Uh, no. All right. Well, that will do it this evening. Uh, thanks for joining us for the return of the call-in show after a three-week break. Uh, as far as I'm aware, we will be back here again next week. So uh, things are back to normal now. And, of course, we'll be back on Sunday as well. If you missed any part of the show or you'd like to listen back, the audio does get posted as soon as the stream is done. Head on over to the podcast page of the website, mattchristensenmedia.com slash podcast. And look for it there. Of course, anything else show-related, check out the website, mattchristensenmedia.com or mattis.gay. <laughs> Have a great night. We'll see you Sunday. Bye.